This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, how are you, The Monty Show? Live on your YouTube machine, as always, presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, where you never pay the advocates a penny. No, no, friends. See, you don't reach into your pocket. In fact, there are no consultation fees. There are no, no retainers. In fact, you could talk to an attorney right now, live online, for free at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty program. Big show, as always, for you today. Obviously, the NBA season tips off um, tonight. We have got to get into that a little bit uh, because the odds for championships are out. Um, and I think the best and worst NBA teams are very interesting. I'll be curious to see what your opinions on this are. Um, what are you doing? Fixing your mistakes. What do you? Okay, you got to go back like 30 years to do that. You just call me all, dude. What? Uh, <laughs> but my point is, my point is, uh, NBA tips off tonight. We have a lot of NBA coming up for you. Uh, Deion Sanders, coach prime has weighed in on the Michigan scandal. Is it a scandal at this point? Uh, is that sensational? I mean, uh, I, okay. Why do you keep doing that? Doing what? Turning my headphones down. I, I didn't do that. Yes, oh. you did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you did. How about that? Go ahead. Okay, that's way too loud. So anyway, the point is, do you think the Michigan, do you think the Michigan, I don't know, what are we calling it? Sign stealing situation is, is yeah, the sitch up yeah. in the up in the arbor and stuff. Um, do we think that uh khaki boy has a scandal on his hands? Like it feels yeah. like a scandal for yeah, certain. I mean, it just furthers the narrative on Jim. That's the problem, right? I mean, which you, is what which is this guy's a cheater. That's what that's what he always seems to be, you know, wrapped up in. We don't hear Jim being accused of what Mel Tucker did because that's not the game that Jim wants to play. Jim's not trying to surprise FaceTime people in his right, car. Right. Jim's out here trying to skirt every rule possible to win football games. <laughs> I would agree with that. So it's kind of a different conversation. But, but what happened to your, your moron see yesterday? Is that a word? Uh, oh man, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, bro. Um, well, that's the case. It's true. It's true. But the difference is, is Jim got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Jim if you're got not caught, if you're not good at cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that. You'll hear from Deion Sanders. Matt Rule are going to weigh in uh, on the scandal, scandal in Ann Arbor. Uh, but let's uh, update you right here on the Monty Show. Uh, we have a Pac-12 legal update for you, and a settlement is not imminent, and this is a significant change in tone, uh, which is why we we feel like this is a big story today. We feel like it is the lead story today because we had been hearing from our sources in the Pac-12 that there was an imminent settlement, and, and when I say imminent, I want to detail that. They were making progress in negotiations, the Pac-12 meaning the 10 exiting members of the Pac-12 and the two remaining members, Washington State and Oregon State, were making headway in their negotiations. You heard it here first on the Monty Show that they went into mediation with an arbiter and it felt like they were heading in the right direction. Well, sources told us last night 
that in fact they were not close to a settlement and it feels like this is going to drag on and it is going to get perilously close to a court date. Now, there are most who believe in this situation that the exiting 10 members' legal strategy is to simply drag this out as long as possible and force Washington State and Oregon State, if they really want to hang on to the brand and the, the rights to the Pac-12, that they are going to have to pay a significant amount of money um, in these NCAA tournament units. And there is a, a varying degree of how much money that is. I am told it is it is $60 million in NCAA tournament money. But now one of the newer updates today is that these 10 exiting members of the Pac-12 want the equity that they have in their minds invested in the infrastructure of the Pac-12 conference, including a brand new refurbished studio suite for Pac-12 network production uh, of games, of features, that's all brand new, and it was paid for by all 12 members, all of the equipment, all of the broadcast trucks, all of that infrastructure that remains behind in the Pac-12. The exiting 10 members want their pound of flesh on that, and this feels like it is going to drag on and take time. Jake, do you still hold the opinion that this does not get to court? Yeah, I mean, I, I still, I, I just can't believe for, you know, the two remaining schools' sake that, you know, they would allow it to get there. But but ultimately, what we also know is that if it were to get there, uh, they have plans. They have backup plans and strategies that would include scheduling alliances and partnerships with the Mountain West to, you know, ensure their future uh, for next season. So to me, I, I look at the situation and, and I still think it's best case to settle this thing. Let's get this taken care of and then move along. But... The problem with that is, is that you're right. People do want their pound of flesh. They do want their value, even though they technically left the conference. So that's what's making it a really difficult situation. As I've been saying, people never just leave money on the table. They're never just like, all right, cool. Yeah, we broke the bylaws of the conference, if you will. And it says we don't have a vote anymore. So yeah, we're just going to say sign R to that, you know, 10 million we're owed. No, they're not going to do that. They are going to fight to the end to get that. And so does it does it get settled? It doesn't seem that way now, but I still maintain that that's the best case scenario for everyone involved. Yeah, I completely disagree. I, I think that there's no chance, and when I say no chance, very little chance that this settles now. I mean, I, I think it is very clear that the, the 10 remaining members are going to play hardball, which is something that I think has caught a good number of people by surprise because I think it was simply a matter of what is it going to take? And I think uh, it was going to take a, a $6 million payment to the 10 exiting members and Washington State and Oregon State were not going to get NCAA tournament units. And I think most people thought that's what this was going to come down to and that was going to settle it. Turns out that's not going to settle it. And I think that what these 10 members of the Pac-12 are trying to do is they're trying to bleed uh, Oregon State and Washington State dry. And I have to tell you, I'd probably do the same thing because there is a bit of desperation now uh, in the lead that Jake just sold out for you, uh, Oregon State and Washington State, according to our sources, do in fact have a scheduling alliance, as we've reported on the show. There is a framework in place with the Mountain West uh, to have a, a scheduling alliance if in fact there is no ability to have a merger. And most people believe that January 1st is the drop dead date. If you don't have something done in the calendar year 2023, you're not going to be able to pull off a merger 
uh, before the calendar, uh, the business year ends, excuse me, if you don't have this done by the end of the calendar year. So it feels like January 1st, if we get there and there is no merger between the Mountain West and the the two remaining members of the Pac-12, it feels like next year it'll be the Pac-2 and a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West Conference that is essentially going to cripple the Pac-12's ability, Oregon State and Washington State, to have any access to the college football playoff unless they go undefeated. Because at that point, you're you're basically an independent. Think about where BYU was a year ago before they got into the Big 12, where you're scheduling the best possible opponents that you can, but you know that you have zero margin for error because the Pac-12 will not be recognized with an automatic qualifier. If, in fact, you have a situation where you are going to only have two members in a conference, I think the college football playoff committee is not going to hand out an automatic qualifier to the Pac-12. And we've talked about this on the show before. You can do a a six-auto bid or a five-auto bid. I think you're doing a five-auto bid at that point. It'll be what's known as a five-seven split, as we talked about. And I think this will satiate most people in college football and the larger number of people on the committee. I don't believe that the Pac-12 will have an automatic qualifier. And this goes back to Kirk Schultz and this belief that Kirk Schultz holds the hammer over the college football playoff committee. And again, I'm just going to tell you, that's completely not the case. Kirk Schultz has very little leverage over the college football playoff committee because if the Pac-12 is simply the Pac-2 and there is no merger in place, Kirk Schultz has almost no sway. Does he have a vote? Well, yeah, he has a vote. But the problem is he is going to be a man amongst himself. And in that case, you really have no leverage. He's not going to be able to pull two other people, and he's certainly not going to be able to pull the G5 because if the G5 are to vote in favor of a six and six, they're taking a spot away from themselves, which I would say, why would you do that? And here's the other problem. If you are Gloria Navarez in the Mountain West, aren't you voting for a 5-7? Well, I think you certainly are until you merge with the Pac-12, and a year from now, you're going to be voting for a six and six. And it's going to be very interesting to see if that incarnation of a conference winds up pulling an auto qualifier because I think it's going to be very difficult to to put the horse back in the barn once they go 5-7. And the problem with that, and and I think this is what these 10 exiting members of the Pac-12 know, once that automatic qualifier is is taken off the board for the Pac-12, I don't think you ever get it back. It is going to be very difficult to reacquire that, that automatic qualifier. And people are going to say to you, well, they have two years to get back to eight teams. That's great on paper, but what does it mean? What does it actually mean in practical application? You you merge with the Mountain West. What does that actually mean? It means you're not recognized, the Pac-12, as a P5 conference. So they're not thinking about you in those terms. They're looking at the four power conferences and the highest ranked G5 getting automatic qualifiers. And then they're going to hand out seven at-large bids. And I think if you're Oregon State and Washington State, you better damn well win the Mountain West Conference. And if you don't do that in two years, I I don't see any way to have a seat at the table. That's what the 10 exiting members are using as leverage. So I don't see a way around that. I don't see a way to fix that. And I think the inability, and if it does go to court, I just don't see a win here for these two schools. 
Yeah, and I, that's that's you know that's what I think is tough. I think initially there was a lot of you know when we first started out in this conversation, you know, what three weeks ago, a month ago, there was a lot of incentive for for these two to kind of figure it out, and and obviously there was a lot of speculation about how the ten who left would handle this, and hey, do are they more in the standpoint of we just want our money and we want to move on, or how they were going to deal with it? And as usual, I I again. Not to hurt anyone's feelings, we said, "Hey, the ten who are leaving are going to play hardball. It's not, it's not up to the two who stayed because the two who stayed are not in new conferences, so the clock is ticking. And yes, technically they have till 2026, technically, but you're not going to sit around here and and have a conference with two teams in it and think you're going to do well. That's not going to be a product that's going to make you a lot of money or put you in a strong position. So." That's why I say, like, ultimately, like, we can sit around and talk about who's got the stronger case, but as usual, it's got nothing to do with what a judge thinks. It's about the realities of the world you live in and the who has the leverage. And, and that's why I say the 10 who left had the leverage because they've already got a new conference. They've already got TV contracts. They've already got the cushy new house. To Guaranteed live in, revenue, will. man. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I just I, – that's why I say for the, the two remaining, it was always in your best interest – to say, okay, we've got this pile of cash that's made up of three different parts, you know, tournament shares, assets in the Pac-12, yada, yada. We all know that story. We've got this pile of cash. How can we solve this problem as fast as possible so we can get onto the business of figuring out what our future is? And they're unwilling to, to do what needs to be done to send off these 10 schools. Yeah. And, and I understand it's not a great answer. It's not certainly one that these two would like, but I'm telling you, they are in no position to drag this thing on and, and, and go to some court battle. That's not going to work. I don't know what you do. I, I think that Oregon state is probably the real loser here because you have all the momentum in the world. And it's just really unfortunate that Oregon state hung on a little too long. Oregon, 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 Oregon left the conference and, you essentially got left in the lurch. And I, I I don't know that I would call Oregon or Oregon State a, a victim. I think that's probably strong, but I think you have to play the the cards that you're dealt now. And I think it, if you are Oregon State and Washington State, you've got to find a way to keep this out of court. That is that is as simple as I can put it. And I think you're in dire straits right now. I think you have to do everything you can do um, to, to find a merger with the Mountain West as soon as you can. I mean, they clearly want to be in business with you. Um, I think we've been reporting this all the way back uh, as far as August, early August, that you knew that when this Pac-12 fell apart, that you were going to be in trouble, Oregon State and Washington State. And I think you needed to be a little more aggressive. I think Kirk Schultz was in an impossible situation because he doesn't have a deep Rolodex and he doesn't have a lot of relationships. And so I don't know that Washington State had anywhere to go. And I don't think that you're you're talking about, you know, a, a conference where money's grown on trees for these two teams. It, it, it isn't. You need somehow, some way to either have the Mountain West come to you or you need to go to the Mountain West, one way or the other. The ideal scenario here for these two remaining members, Oregon State and Washington State, is they have the Mountain West come and merge with you and keep that Pac-12 brand alive because I do think in that situation, there is a very good chance you keep your auto qualifier. I, I think there's a real good chance. The problem is 
you're not going to make money because the 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 issue that you're never going to get away from here is Oregon State and Washington State don't make money in basketball. You're not a you're not a perennial powerhouse. You're not somebody that makes deep tournament runs. So you're not getting units. You are somebody that goes to on the regular bowl. Oregon State certainly is a power in college football, but when you're just the two of you and your scheduling alliance is going to be with the Mountain West, and I think you're going to hope to play some non-con games next year, you're going to have to find, and every game will be a non-con game at that point, but you're going to have to find some nameplates that'll put you on your schedule. And I know that they're working on that. I've been told that repeatedly. And I think Scott Barnes is the exact right athletic director to have in this situation because he's got deep relationships, especially across the West. So I my guess is that you will be able to find a big, you know, a big highly ranked team to play. You're going to have to probably go on the road to do that. But I think Oregon State's going to be fine. I I would be far more trepidatious if I were a Washington State fan. Far more because I I just don't see that you have the relationships required to schedule really significant impactful games when it comes to a 12 team college football playoff at least not for next year, mm-hmm. because there's no reason to believe that Oregon State's not good enough to, to qualify for a 12, a 12-team college football playoff. They, I mean, if that were happening this year, Oregon State would have every opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think they, they're they a quality team, and that's why, that's why I've been saying, you know, to Oregon State fans specifically, like, you have a future here. You just need to find your way through this mess of a of a financial situation left in the conference and and that's 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 where i wonder you know obviously i don't i don't know for a fact but that's where i wonder what the philosophy and what the angle is for these two schools because i sit here and i say man like you guys are kind of acting based on what we were being told that you know that you know like court's an option and you can kind of be you know, you can kind of play hardball, as everyone likes to call it, and like you can kind of put up a fight. And I don't know that that's the best way forward. Now, clearly, you're unhappy with how much these ten who left are asking for, and and I get that. But ultimately, what's more valuable to you, your future, if you're Oregon State, a, a team that can get into the college football playoff, a team that's widely respected, you know, a team that that honestly could probably be on the field with nine out of 10 schools outside of like the top three or four in the country. Right. So what's more valuable being right and getting paid through this whole thing or taking a little bit less and securing your future forward. And that's what I wonder when I hear, Hey, a settlement's not close. You know what, you know, what, what's the future of this situation look like because they're not going to settle. Well, the future is pretty clear, right? If you're not going to settle, we know where this is headed, which is a long, drawn-out court situation. So I, I guess I guess they're comfortable. They feel like they have a strong enough case based mm. on the legal documents, and they feel like they can go to court and win. But again, I'm, I'm just telling you, and I'm not a lawyer, right? Not a legal professional. But it seems pretty straightforward to me that they, the ten who left, may have may have you know no say or no vote on the board. But if you can never get to that decision in time, what does it matter? Yeah, this is a leverage situation. Yeah. There there's just no doubt about that. I mean, it is it is in my mind how much of these NCAA tournament tournament units are Washington State and and Oregon State willing to negotiate on and I'm told that they were willing to take none of that uh, as long as they got to control the assets and the the equity that's in the conference. 
And these 10 members are like, no, nah, that's not going to do it. And I probably would have had the same, I probably would have had the same answer, frankly, if I were the 10 members. Because, I, and I understand the argument that these 10, uh, you know, are leaving the conference. And what say do you have when you're leaving the conference? They put a hell of a lot of money into those assets. And I, I don't know that I would just want to be walking away either. And I don't think you, I don't think you went to court necessarily if you're Washington and the, the other nine that filed briefs behind Washington in the state of Washington, because you wanted to go to court. You, you wanted to negotiate, you wanted to go to arbitration. You wanted to get to the table so that you could get as much cash back out of the PAC 12 as possible because your debts are paid. You're now talking about equity. And that equity is NCAA tournament money and the infrastructure that currently exists in the conference that is that has been heavily invested in by all 12 of these teams or universities, excuse me. So I, I understand why these 10 members want to fight about it. I, I, I don't know that that I don't know that there's anything Washington State and Oregon State can do, really unless they want to give up a whole lot of money. And I don't think you're in a position to do that. Yeah. I, I don't think you're in a position to do that. All right. What's up? Shout out to everybody. Appreciate all the comments. We're over 800 comments already today. Uh, always a good way to start the show uh, is shouting out our newest member, Tim Eddington. Let's go, Tim. What's up, Tim Eddington? Good to see you. Appreciate you becoming a member of the show. Uh, why is that relevant? Because now, Tim, if you get to um, our good friends um, at soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty and sign up for their free sleep study, you get 10 to 1 entries for our Las Vegas Raiders drive away to see the Raiders in the all of a sudden upstart 49er ass kicking Minnesota Vikings <laughs> on December 10th in Las Vegas. You get two tickets to see the Raiders take on the Vikings two nights at the Flamingo dinner for two at Mastro's Ocean Club in the Treehouse, and you also get a show and we're working on a show that happens to be involved with the Knicks and their jersey and sponsor and stuff uh it's going to be a great two days in Vegas for you the way you win the way you qualify for this soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty you guys, snoring's a big deal, and a lot of people think that snoring and sleep apnea are the same thing. They're absolutely not. But the best part is Sound Sleep Medical can cure both. They can help you with your snoring. They can help you with your sleep apnea, and it has nothing to do with a CPAP machine. It has nothing to do with hard, big, bulky items that you don't want to travel with because you're embarrassed. No, in fact, it's just the opposite. It's Sound Sleep Medical. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y, to schedule a free sleep assessment today. That's right. Sound Sleep Medical presents our Las Vegas Raiders drive away. The free sleep assessment, by the way, you go to their website, soundsleepmedical.com slash MONTY. It's at home. You can go to any of their Utah locations. They'll give you a ring to put on your finger and a box that sits on your chest. It measures your sleep. It measures whether or not you snore. They're going to know if you have sleep apnea. And if you don't know, sleep apnea can kill you every single night. When you ignore your sleep apnea, you go to bed, you might not wake up. So figure out, hey, am I just somebody that snores or do I have sleep apnea? 
and put your relationship back together because your wife can actually come back in the room or, or maybe she's the one that snores because a lot of women snore. I think they um, most people try to hang the snoring tag on, on the guys. Trust me when I say a lot of women in this country snore. Thanks to our friends at soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Sign up today and win your chance. And if you are a member of the show on YouTube, uh, at any level, you get 10 to 1 entries to win the Las Vegas drive away when you sign up for your soundsleepmedical.com sleep evaluation. If you are a top tier member for $10 a month and you sign up for the sleep exam, you get 25 to 1 entries to win the to win the Las Let's Vegas go. Raiders drive away. Hook it up. Uh, main event. Receive the Buckshot Shaker package today. Rainbow Rush. Let's go, Let's go. main event. Yeah, not to like uh, over-sponsor you guys, but good Lord. Maybe I need this today. Here it is, Buckshot. Bucked up the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Um, you guys know I'm back in the gym five days a week. <sighs> it's tough, bro. It, it is really tough. tough. Getting up at 5 a.m., being in the gym at 5.30. I cannot tell you how sore I am today. Um, you know, that soreness that comes along, but I can tell you getting up that early bucked ups pre-workout. Um, I use their pre-workout, which is right there on the table. Um, you guys can see it here. This is Callum Von Moger's Aussie fruit, uh, pre-workout. Get it, get it at buckedup.com. Their, their, uh, supplement of the week is their creatine monohydrate at buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty, save 20% off, or you could just get yourself some buckshot. How about Buckshot for free? In the description of the show below, click the link, have it sent right to your front door. Let's go. It is the single best energy supplement you're ever going to use. It is 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine, a bunch of neurotropics that are essentially brain food that help you think better, gives you mental clarity. Put them in the refrigerator, pop them cold. And trust me when I say, if you have an Excel spreadsheet, a pivot table, a conference call, a long drive home, Maybe you just need to finish your, like we have a ton of Amazon drivers that listen to the show while they work. Maybe you guys just need that extra lift. Buckshot from Bucked Up, that's the way to go. Cheers to you, my friends. It is a beautiful thing. I love the blue Raz. I'm really vacillating. Okay. Back and forth between watermelon and blue Raz, and I love the blue Raz. Uh, so hook it up at buckedup.com. Boss Frog, getting up at 5 a.m., Monty, I'm already in the office, dude. I get up at about, I wake up at about 4.45, out about at 5 o'clock, leave the house at 5.20, at the gym by 5.30, back at home by 6.30, and usually in the office. Today, I was a little later, usually in the office at 8 o'clock, and then I don't get home until about 7 o'clock. So it's a day, but you know what? It is, I am not complaining. I am happy. I am healthy. I am thinner. Um, losing a bunch of weight, being healthier and happier and thinner. It's all good. Gumby Fresh Out says only casuals get up at 5 a.m., dude. Wow. Getting up at, I did, we, when we did mornings, we used to get up at 3 o'clock. I was out of bed at 3.30 every day. You're awake at 3 o'clock. In the shower, out of the shower by 4. It is rough. Yeah. It is rough. It is not easier, man. Uh, iPatch says first world problems. Boss Frog says, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, well, you're at work already. Um, and Donuts, Brady Hoke equals dead man walking. Okay. 
Okay, Jeff Woodworth, uh, Amazon drivers don't pee in a buckshot. Friendly advice. Right. That's an, it is not an easy job. Uh, just giving you some hell. Indeed, you are, Boss Frog, and I appreciate you for it. Tim Eddington, I go to bed at three sometimes, man. That's wild. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is not easy getting out of bed, dude, that early. It's not healthy for you. No, it's not. It's too early. It's not. My life is so much improved. Uh, Gumby fresh out 2 30 a.m. Er day freeway 3 30 lunch at 7 a.m. Bless you, my friend. Um, real Wade nation gaming clips. Hey Monty, can we say Astros are overrated? Yeah. Best of luck to a really good dude in Dusty Baker who has treated me incredibly well over my career. Um, Dusty Baker retired yesterday, said this season will be his last. So Astros are done. No matter what you think of the Astros, it was a great ride. Uh, really thrilled for our friends uh, in Dallas, Arlington, the Texas Rangers. What a run they've had. Boach has done a great job there. Philadelphia Phillies, come on, man. Come You're on. My, you are my prize pick gods today. Need you. OG says, I'm up at 4.30 a.m. The Buffalo Hunter, that's why boss has the Porsche. Yes, sir. I'm telling There, there was a study that came out an article about a study that came out that said people who sleep past 7 a.m. live shorter, un more unhealthier lives. Mm -hmm. That people who get up early live healthier lives. Uh, it's very good. Haven't tried the woke AF one yet. I'm telling you, the bucked up pre-workout is the best in the world. And I'm not saying that because they advertise on the show and they're partners of ours. Um, Callum Von Moger, when he was in studio, gave us a bunch of his pre-workout. It, it, and I've always evangelized for bucked up pre-workout. If you take any of the other crappy brands that are out there, they're just loaded with a bunch of garbage. Because it's garbage. Bucked up uses it, it just incredible ingredients. The best ingredients that make the best products that do exactly what they say. Uh, 1939 says I get up at 4 a.m. for the or 4 p.m. for the Monty show. Well, I love there that. There you go. Love that. Cam Harrison, I remember when the show was early in the morning with 7,000 subscribers. Yeah, how about us at, at uh, 41,000 subscribers now? Yes, sir. Uh, Phil Venzer, what's worse, Monty losing prize picks or Mattress Mac losing Astros bet? Uh, I'm going to say Mattress Mac, considering that was $70 million, bro. Bro, I got, no, screw Mattress Mac. I got piped on prize picks again last night. My baseball winning streak is over. I am all in on my goddamn left fielder, Kyle Schwarber, tonight. Prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Monte to get 100% deposit matching. We'll tell you what those are coming up in 28 minutes. The Tater Man. Astros will always be known as a dirty, cheating MLB. Do you guys think that's what, what they'll always be known for? Um, I think it's definitely always going to be in the back of your head. I think I was very interested by the fact that, you know, Fox, you know, went ahead and said, Hey, it's been a decade of dominance now. Like the, the garbage can thing was more than five years ago. You know, it's, you know, they're, they're a really good organization and Hey, some people might feel that way. I, my, my stance is that a lot of the players that were there when that went down are still there. Jose Altuve is uh, Jose Altuve a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, he will I, get voted in first. No ballot. question. Yeah, no question. Boyd Lake, earlier late, get get a good seven or eight hours every night, and you'll be ahead of the game. Six hours last night, and all I did is pee all night long. <laughs> when you start, I'm t I've been I've been back in the gym for two full weeks now. Did my first heavy weight session this week. 
Monday, Tuesday, yesterday was be- uh, chest. Today was back and biceps. Ooh. And tomorrow we're golfing. Yeah, good luck. We're here for a good time, Monty, not a long time. Well, I'm here for a long time with a good time. Jeff Woodworth, Ollie Gordon gets up at 5.30 every day, but he doesn't fall asleep till 5.29. I know, Ollie Gordon is the... I got so many DMs yesterday. What did Ollie Gordon ever do to you? Why do you hate Ollie Gordon? I don't hate Ollie Gordon. I think he's a great running back. He's not a Heisman Trophy candidate. Sorry. Mike Smith, no, no, no. Never root for any sports team in Philly. Hell no teams in Pennsylvania. I'm a I'm a Kyle Schwerber guy. No, no, no. That's my dude. That is my dude. Uh, Mardino87, trucker here. Appreciate your hard work. Helps get through the day. I appreciate you, Mardino. I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, keeping the country moving. Payson Cougar fan, my mom is 97 and gets up at noon. Hey, <laughs> hey I'm man. with it. I hope I'm 97 at some point. Uh, Boyd Blake, the SEO king of America. Strohs will need to get some good help at manager. It's going to be tough to replace Dusty. It's going to be tough to replace Dusty. Hawkeye fan in Indy. Early morning people live longer because we deal with less people during the day. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, Marcus says everything is based on genetics. Well, most of it, but there's a lot you can do. There's a lot you can do. Jim Choi, immaculate. Yep, no gains for now, but the Cal State got three schools in the Mountain West. I have no idea what you're talking about. What did I miss? I don't know what I missed. Um, got three schools in the Mountain West. They may block anything to do with the Pac-2. I, I have no idea where that's coming from, but nobody's blocking the Pac-2. You're just not going to get an auto qualifier yeah, in any way, shape, or form. Stroh's just hired Harbaugh to help her scout other teams. Exactly. <laughs> Rodriguez, what's up, Mike? Good to see you. I get up at 7 a.m. and am not ashamed of it. Man, 7 a.m. would be my God. Uh, the eye patch says naps. Stu says and trash cans. Mm-hmm. What an unbelievable scandal. Uh, giggity, screw Mattress Mac and the cheaters. Wow. <laughs> wow. Unbelievers. Uh, RJC, man, I'm bowling, boys. Can we please talk about something interesting? Okay. I'm I'm sorry if we're uninteresting. You know. That's it is what it is. That's fine. Uh let's see. Adam Salamini, 5 a.m. club. Great book. Okay. Uh on the Schwarber bandwagon as well. He's an old school, old schooler and a Chicago Cub. Yeah, and he doesn't run from who he is as a hitter. Doesn't hit for average. He's all or nothing. And I love that about him. Yep. Immaculate says. If Pac-2 get an NCAA waiver, they will qualify. They're not getting a waiver. There's, And I think we have to be, this is something that comes up a lot, and we get asked about stuff like this all the time. There, There is no waiver for the Pac-2. They have a very straightforward set of standards they have to operate by. So they have two years to get back up to eight. If the Pac-12... Who knows what happens with this legal battle? I have no idea. If they want to keep the Pac-12 alive, they have two years to get eight teams. That's that's the requirement. So they have to go out and find six more teams or they have to merge with the Mountain West, which seemingly that's already been agreed to on multiple fronts, as we've been telling you since August. The hard part is, there, there, like this is the in immaculate with all due respect. This is the three hundred and fifty trillion dollars coming to the. 
That was never happening. There is no golden parachute that's going to save Oregon State and Washington State. There is no Big 12 has to take them in. The Big 12 doesn't have to take them in. The issue very clearly is they've chosen a path and they thought one result would come their way and it has not happened with a settlement. And so now they're in a position where they provide value to the Mountain West. That's their huckleberry because they provide value. They bring a P5 presence into the Mountain West. Whether you call that the Pac-12, the Mountain 12, your mom's 12, whatever you want to call it, that's what the situation is. There are no waivers. That's not a real thing. So if... If you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, go, I mean, that you can roll on that. That's up to you. Uh, let's see. Mike Smith, I got a waiver once. Not sure why Pat cannot get one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, two years. The waiver is for postseason competition. They're immaculate. With all due respect, there is no waiver for postseason competition. There, they, I, I, it hurts my head when, You have to understand the college football playoff committee is going to adjudicate this. There is no waiver. None. They're they're going to decide who gets automatic qualifiers and who doesn't. That's That's the black and white, the way the system is put in place. There is no waiver that says, well, you know, so what would the waiver even say? And this is my question. Mm -hmm. What would the waiver even say? And I've asked a former conference commissioner, five TV people, Pac-12 people, like as as many people as I can ask, because there's a bunch of people DMing me saying, hey, what about a waiver? Nobody knows what the waiver is. It does not exist in the NCAA. It, It is very clear. You either qualify through an AQ or you have to play your way to an automatic qualifier. To an at-large bid, excuse me. And the biggest problem is for for Washington State and Oregon State, they have not traditionally, and Oregon State seems to be breaking this barrier now. Right. Oregon State and Washington State have not traditionally played at a level high enough to earn an at-large bid. Thanks. Okay, so we're looking at a situation where TV ratings matter. And when we talk about this situation, with Oregon State and Washington State, I want you guys to consider this. How important are TV ratings? How important are they? What, like, what does it what does it mean when we're talking about this Pac-12 situation? Mm-hmm. Here, right here, is what it means. These are the Week 8 college football ratings. Penn State and Ohio State Let's just round that up to 10 million. 9.9 million people watched on Fox. An SEC game, the game of the week on CBS, was almost 2 million viewers behind. And you can just go down the list. And the thing that really stands out to you is, look how big the decline is, even to Michigan, Michigan State. Look at Washington State and Oregon down at 2.35 million. So the question that has to be asked here is, what's the value 
of a of an Oregon State bowl game. Can they outdraw Oklahoma State, West Virginia, who just cracked a million? Can they outdraw Air Force and Navy at 1.21 million? What a game with Oregon State and Washington State. I think it probably would. Yeah, I think I think obviously it depends who they're playing, but yeah, right? I, I think so. I think Washington- a lot of people have said, hey, that the Pac-12, like a lot of people want to make jokes, oh, the Pac-12 picked the wrong year to have the best year they've ever had because Washington State and Oregon State have played really well this year by by this standard that we're talking about. So, yeah, I, I think if, you know, if we're looking at it this year, certainly I, I think they'd outdraw like a, you know, like you said, like an Air Force Navy or like, you know, some, uh, you know, just a lower cut of school. So, so here's the problem. Two really bad teams in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Minnesota and Iowa's not a bad team, but two small markets and Minnesota's not good. Drew 1.68 million. Yeah. UCF and Oklahoma were at 2.1 million. I don't think Oregon State and Washington State are getting a 2 million. I don't think you're going to draw the 2.35 that Oregon drew. That the 3 million Texas drew in Houston. Utah, USC at 3.2 million. I don't think you're getting there. And that's my concern. And again, here. so here's my question. When we talk about this mythical, it doesn't exist waiver. Why would you give a waiver to Oregon State and Washington State? Why would you give them an at-large bid? When if we look at when when we look at the top 25 teams in the country, well, let's look at who who's 13th. Look like okay, right now, look at Oregon State right there at 11th. If this is a year from now and the season ends. And you're 11th, you're in the college football playoff, I would think. Yeah. Right? But here's the other problem. Are you going to be able to get yourself to 11th with the schedule you're going to end up playing? Because that's really going to be the ball breaker. Because Old Miss, Utah, certainly Notre Dame, certainly LSU, certainly Missouri, certainly, I wouldn't say North Carolina now. All of those teams, M- M- Missouri, LSU, Notre Dame, Utah, and Old Miss, would get the benefit of the doubt over an Oregon State or a Washington State just on strength of schedule alone. Right. So what's the waiver going to do for you? Even if it is a real thing, which I'm telling you, it's not real. Even if it's a real thing, what's the benefit of getting getting a waiver? Aren't you better off taking a taking the route that a Boise State took or a Utah took all those years ago, being the the original BCS busters, because you look at this list, there's there's nobody else on this list. JMU. You think JMU's getting a waiver? <laughs> they're, I, I, they're undefeated. Do you think Tulane's getting a waiver? What separates you from JMU or Tulane or Air Force? Nothing. Nothing separates you. You just got to win your way in. So this idea that you're going to get some mythical waiver that does not exist, that's the issue at play here. We're making up all this stuff. And I'm not saying immaculate is, or, but I think in the, the sphere of, hey, please, you know, help us do something. Help us justify. You're, there's this waiver that you have pulled out of midair somewhere. And I'm telling you, 
again, believe it or not, and I think we've been pretty nails, we talk to a lot of really influential people in this world. And not one of them is aware of a waiver of any kind that exists. You have rules and contracts for a reason. So this idea that there's a waiver, my guy, it just it just doesn't. He also says if they get a waiver for postseason play, then they are eligible for the college football playoff postseason play. They're already eligible. That's why there's an at-large bid. Yeah. There will be five automatic qualifiers and seven at-large. So why do you need a waiver? Why do you need a waiver? Because the college football playoff goes by NCAA decree on this. If they are eligible, then they will get the conference payout. Uh, but they won't. <laughs> okay, so ask yourself this question then. And I know, I think we're the only ones saying this. Right. So maybe I'm totally wrong and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Do you truly believe that the college football playoff committee who controls this, and again, not to keep kicking you in the balls on this, the NCAA has no say on this. None whatsoever. You're, you are intertwining the two. The college football playoff committee is autonomous. They don't answer to the NCAA. They don't. Who's going to decide who has the automatic qualifiers? Who's going to decide who gets into the college football playoff? Who's going to decide the bowl matchups? Got to be the college football playoff committee. The NCAA has no say on who gets into the college football playoff, which is, again, why I keep trying to tell people there is no waiver. There is no, hey, you're not eligible, but you are. That doesn't exist. Now, is there automatic money that goes to a conference? If you qualify and you get in, the Pac-2 would get your standard, well, I think it's 50, 40 million, something like that. That's, but you get that because you qualified to get into the college football playoff. You're not get there is no waiver. And again, I would just remind you, none of this matters right now because you're going to court, it looks like. Which is why the playoff committee hasn't done anything. They've met twice and they officially at the table have not spoken about this. And why is that? Because there's nothing to talk about. Because the overwhelming opinion, which is what we're talking about on the show today, is it the Pac 12 the 10 exiting and the two remaining are not close to a settlement and we are creeping every day. I think we're 20 days away from going to court. They're creeping ever closer to that court date, which is why we're also, if you're just tuning in today, reporting that the Mountain West, and we've told you this, I know for weeks, but we were talking to people last night and today who have told us the Mountain West and the PAC too, have a framework. They have a working relationship in place that covers a number of different eventualities. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this plays out. Um, they met Jeremy Callahan. They met twice, once in each hole. Jake, so do you see care, what he did there? See do, what he did do you there? Care to, so my nickname on the show is Jakey Two Holes. So 
So what Jeremy's doing here is saying they met twice, once for each hole. It's a play on my fake name about the college football playoff committee. That was that was well done. That was a good job there. I I think it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting how many people and and how desperate and and I just want people to understand like I understand that you're rooting for Oregon State and Washington State. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anybody is putting much energy into rooting against them. It's a tough case to make. Uh if we're being totally honest, it again and I, I we've run this down. Kirk Schultz's relationships and reputation is not good. It it's not good at all and and you look at the you look at their records, it, it's highly unlikely that Oregon State and Washington State would be able to qualify as an automatic qualifier, even if it was available to them, let's say, because you're 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 not gonna have a conference to fight in. So one of the things with these all these people asking me about waivers, you're not gonna be recognized as a power five conference, which is a hundred percent up to the college football playoff committee. You're not going to be recognized as a conference. So it's going to be awfully difficult for you to get an automatic qualifier. And again, in any eventuality here, a waiver doesn't exist because you have two years to get back to eight, eight universities in your conference. But here's the problem. We've never seen this before. Exactly. Exactly. So there is no precedent and there's never been a college football playoff committee before. So when there's no precedent and there's no, there was never a committee before, what do we naturally fall back on as business people? Well, what's best for the system? So the group of five are going to want that slot that was going to the PAC 12 to go to them. And so the playoff committee is going to have to decide after this non-settlement, you know, 10 and two thing gets worked out, the committee is going to have to figure out, well, what's the best way forward. And a lot of people in the industry feel like it is an inevitability that it will go to the five, seven model, right? Five AQs and seven at large to which I say, that's perfectly fine for these two. Yeah. Because Washington state, while they may be on the fringe, right? I think in a 12 team, they'd be capable of squeaking in some years. Oregon State's shown an ability to get inside the top 12. So to me, we don't even need to talk about waivers and payments and all this nonsense because you can play your way in. So what really are we talking about here? Not much. And I think your point about, hey, we've never seen this before is exactly why we're talking about it. Because, yeah. because... And it's not to discredit anybody, but I think people in college football specifically love to say, well, uh, man, based on the NCAA bylaws that have nothing to do with the college football playoff committee, the Pac-12 is going to get $350 million. And this goes back to the Kirk Schultz situation. Totally. He's in a position where, and again, I know I talked about this already, but he's in a position where everybody assumes, well, he's got this one vote and he's never going to vote. Well, he's also got relationships in the Mountain West that he needs to pacify because what happens to his relationships in the Mountain West if, let's say, and he has zero ability to do it, but if he holds out and says, I am not voting for this ever. Okay, well, what happens to his relationship in the Mountain West? 
Because who ultimately gets damaged in that situation? Mm -hmm. The G5s do. Okay, so let me get this right. You're trying to keep your P5 status, which I think is going to be very difficult to do until you settle or win this lawsuit. So, and we're talking about the college football playoff that's coming up in about 14 months now, right? A year from this January. Right. So in that time, if you just hold out, and let's say you hold out until February, March, you know how much damage you're doing in the Mountain West? Do you know how much damage you're doing to your business partners and to yourself? And again, who's going to support Kurt Schultz doing that? Because ultimately, that jams everybody up. And as I told you, he doesn't have relationships. He doesn't have a Rolodex. He doesn't have a sphere. And I think everybody assumes that Oregon State would support that. Oregon State would not support that because Oregon State needs finality. Scott Barnes, who I think, again, is one of the best athletic directors in the country, and nobody Fast. knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is because he's the athletic director at Utah State. And then he's the athletic director at Oregon State. And so he doesn't capture gr grandiose headlines. But what has Scott Barnes said about what his goal is at Oregon State right now? I want to continue to compete at a P5 level. If Kirk Schultz stands and fights and pisses everybody off and is the hung juror, you don't think that damages Oregon State? It does. And one a point that was made to me yesterday night that I thought was really interesting, what is Gloria Navarez going to say about all this? Because who is Gloria Navarez ultimately, and who does Kirk Schultz ultimately want Gloria Navarez to be to him? Uh, he wants her to be his commissioner. He wants to be in her league, no matter what you call it. Mm -hmm. So do you really think he's going to go out of his way to damage his relationship with her? Yeah, and I think that's what's hard about the lawsuit portion is yes. that if you're Kirk Schultz and Scott Barnes, you're sitting here and, you know, you know that you have a relationship with Gloria and that you've, you know, had all these discussions and there's structure in place. And, you know, we have all these plans, but none of those plans can go until we get this thing that's right in front of us taken care of. And, yeah. and so that's why I say, like, we can sit here and, 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 or they can sit here and, you know, try to justify why it's not heading to a settlement and that they think they're going to win some lawsuit. But ultimately, if you're Gloria Navarez, you're sitting here saying, I got to protect my conference. That's Gloria's job. Before we ever think about merging or scheduling alliances or whatever the case may be, she has to put the Mountain West first. And so at a certain point, time's going to run out on these two. And I'm telling you, that conference is not just going to wait around and play second fiddle to two mm -hmm. schools who think they run the show. And I'm sure, I, no doubt about it, Gloria wants to do, you know, uh, uh, an alliance or a merger, whatever that relationship would look like on paper. They want to do it, but they can't just sit around forever waiting on these two. No, and you that's have what's a, hard. You have a lot of members in the Mountain West who have spent millions of dollars on infrastructure. Yeah. That need to play games of consequence. Uh, Cougar track says pack two, I will survive. I think they ultimately do. I think it's just a matter of, cause if it goes to court, you know, again, I think most people believe that the pack two wins. So I don't, I don't think there's a lot of leverage on either side to try and get to court. 
I think it's a matter of getting as much money as you as you can. And I do think it matters that Washington State and Oregon State haven't played much in the Rose Bowl. So there is a lot of, hey, you guys are getting free money. I think there's just a, a there's a lot of, the relationships here are completely broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of distrust. And I think that's not helping. Uh, the Christie, there's no automatic qualifier for P5 schools and no definition of P5 schools in the college football yeah. playoff. Yeah. And I, I think this is something else that people don't understand is that the P5 is not a term that's in a rule book or in a contract somewhere. I don't know if people realize that. It's a it's a fictional term. Power five conference is a fictional term. It it means nothing. It's not it's not on paper. It's nowhere. It, it is just a word or a name that was made up to designate these five large conferences. Mm-hmm. And now there's only four of them. And the the bigger issue is is that you have this college football playoff committee who is going to determine how the the automatic qualifiers are going to be divvied up. And this this cycle or this habit that we have of just making this stuff up, whether it's the waiver or P5 or, you know, whatever, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the NCAA doesn't want anybody to know about, like, you guys, I'm, I'm just telling you, Half of this stuff is doesn't even exist. The college football playoff committee is going to make a determination, and that's going to be the rule because that's what the NCAA and its membership agreed to. And they agreed to that so that they could have more control and more access to the money. Yeah, and, and that's why so, I say if you're the playoff committee, your your job is simple here. It's yeah. a very, you cast with a on with a uh on paper a simple job that's very complicated, which is hey guide the the college football playoff in its entirety in the most healthiest you know uh revenue generating way possible so so if you're this group of people sitting on the college football playoff committee you're just waiting for this lawsuit situation to pan out yes in just the same way that the two remaining schools Washington and Oregon State uh have had talks with the mountain west about what they want to do should this go through i i can assure you that people in an unofficial capacity know exactly what they want to do once this gets done and and that's why i say it's just it's a it's a i don't mean i I don't i'm not trying to be mean when i say it's a waste of time to talk about waivers and all this money and all this fake stuff but but it kind of is when you get down to it because the college football playoff committee is going to do what's best for the sport and what's best for its TV partners, which most likely, odds are, is a five and seven model, because that makes the most sense to me as well. I, yep. it just it's perfect. Yep. Mike Smith says, uh, "I'm back, back from outer space, and I'm going to slap this waiver right in your face. I will survive." Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Immaculate says the definition for a P5 school is based upon their bowl contracts that they had when. Okay. So, uh, all right. That's cool. Uh, 1939, an auto bid to the Pac-2 is absurd, and it's not going to happen. Uh, Kyle Wilson, what is the point of playing our way in if we aren't getting anything out of it? You don't You don't know what you're getting out of it because you haven't been designated anything. You haven't been designated a conference that can still exist because you won a lawsuit. You haven't been designated a member of the Mountain West because you haven't lost a lawsuit. 
You haven't been designated, hey, they're an independent because you haven't won or lost a lawsuit. You're in limbo right now. And so what you need, my guess is you're going to wind up being a two-team conference for the rest of the fiscal year in 2024. And I think then a decision will be made in 2025. I think you, unless you settle this quickly, unless somebody blinks and says, hey, here's how we're going to handle it. I don't know what else you would do. I think you will be treated like an independent. You'll be treated like BYU was treated. And you're going to have a much easier road to the college football playoff if, if that's the case. Yeah. And is it going to be difficult? It is. You're going to need to schedule some major programs. You're going to need to have that scheduling alliance worked out with the Mountain West, which I'm told you already have. So you don't know because you you haven't adjudicated this lawsuit yet. Yeah. It hasn't played out. You'll get there. Jeremy Callahan, Pat, uh, Tupacalypse Now. Well, there is that. Absolutely. Uh, Jim Choi, Castle, Castleton Yup in Utah would pay way more to Mountain West schools to show up and play Utah with the TV exposure. Maybe. I mean, Utah is a, Utah be a great scheduling partner, you know, and I, I think you're going to have some holes in those schedules. Uh, but again, back to my point of Pat Chun and Kirk Schultz at Washington State are said not to have great relationships. Scott Barnes knows God and everybody and has a great working relationship with the folks at Utah. Utah. Yeah. That we, as one example, I, I, I think Oregon State's in a far better position. Let's say they wind up in an independent sphere. Oregon State winds up in a far better position. Yeah. So uh, I would like to see Oregon State, Washington State land in the Big 12 if it's mutually beneficial, but I'm concerned about leaving our Eastern schools without travel partners and rivals. There's no path for them to go to the Big 12. And I think the only way that you end up in a P5 conference is if the ACC melts down. And if Clemson is successful and they're now 11 days late, remember that whole story we told you wasn't going to happen, <laughs> that on October 13th, Clemson was going to drop a bombshell and leave. Mm. Um, if they're successful in finding their way out of the college or the uh, grant of rights in the ACC and they wind up triggering another round of realignment, I could see Oregon State and Washington State finding their way into a P5. Is that the ACC who would be desperate to add P5 caliber schools? Sure. Um, that would be awesome for Cal and Stanford, certainly. Um, is that the Big 12? I don't know. I think there are other members of the ACC that are far more attractive to the Big 12 than Oregon State and Washington State. Uh, but we'll see. You, you just never know how, 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 it, how it will get. This lawsuit's got to come to an end. Yeah, It is the college football playoff is on hold. And if you're Oregon State and Washington State, they're only going to hold for so long. Uh, Immaculate says, so the G5 get injured if it doesn't, uh, if he doesn't vote for 5-7. No, I think Kirk Schultz has no leverage. Zero, none, nada, zip. How could he? Because he doesn't have, I think everybody gets a hard on for, oh, he's got the vote. He's got the Stay hammer. Hard. He's got the, val the, 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 the gavel. Here's the problem with that. 
that only works when you've got a bunch of dudes standing next to you. They're like, yep. All right, let's go. We're ready. Who wants to throw? Like, if you want to fight, you better not be the jag bag that Kurt Schultz has been to several people. <laughs> and you better not be a terrible sports administrator the way that Kirk Schultz has been. You better not have staff sit-ins the way Kirk Schultz has had or threats thereof, allegedly. Like, you can't have the lack of relationships and the lack of respect that Kirk Schultz had because the other thing you got to remember is it's all on tape. Kirk, Kirk Schultz doesn't have feet because he shot them off with the things he said about the Pac-12 TV contract. Like, he lost a ton of respect. He can sit there and say, no, no, we're we're a P5. We're a P5. I won't vote yes. What do you want to bet he votes yes? Because he doesn't have a way to say no. Like, what, what is the upside of him being the, the, the screwdriver in the wrench in the gears of college football playoff finality? When you're already someone who people aren't the biggest fan you're of. You're a pariah already. So are you going to gain respect? Are you going to make more money? You're not. You're not. Like, what is the... Think think it through before you you grandiose all of these things. And I'm I'm not I'm not even doing anything but using the facts of the case, the letter of the contract, and what we know about Kirk Schultz. A, when has Kirk Schultz ever been the guy that's like, yep, I'm gonna stand on my high horse? And he's not that guy. He's not that guy. I think people would like him to be that guy for whatever reason. But what happens when one guy stands up and stops everything? Well, you wind up not having a Speaker of the House. Or you wind up... Yeah. Bad things happen. And he knows that. What's best for college football? Kirk Schultz having all the power? No, I don't think so. No. It's not going to happen. Because the other thing is, Kirk Schultz needs... And I, I, I don't mean to go on and on about this. But Immaculate, you seem particularly married to this idea that he's got the hammer. What else does Kirk Schultz need besides everything? He needs the people on this committee, the G5s, the athletic directors that are on the subcommittees, because it's not one committee. I, I think people probably don't know this and you don't care. There are several committees. He needs all those relationships. Their athletic directors, their coaches, their retired coaches, their commissioners they're mm -hmm. like influential people like yeah you know what washington state man you guys got you guys got piped didn't even give you guys a reach around i can't believe this why don't we why don't we make a three-year scheduling arrangement we'll play two at our place we'll come to your place one year and whew, let's get you guys scheduled out he needs their help yeah <laughs> like you yeah. can't if you're just like okay i can't hear you what hey, i can't i can't hear you what did you guys say? How do you think that's going to work out for you? Yeah, and that's kind of the thing here is that Scott Barnes is that guy and Kirk Schultz is not. That's right. That's right. So listen, man, I, 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 we, and we can sit here and go round and round about it. I just don't think, I just don't think it's, I, I really don't see what, what is there to, I want, I, I want you, I want the Oregon State, Washington State supporters. I want you guys to feel good about something. That's not going to happen until this settlement lawsuit 
thing goes away. Yeah. And once it goes away, that's when you can, that's when you can go and yeah, and get can, to the business. You can get to decision making. You know. Uh, all right, let's roll down the comments a little bit. Under your bed, videotaping you, Adam Salamini. Okay, wrong one. Um, Schultz is Gates. Well, <laughs> no, 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 wrong no, show. no, 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 no. Don't play intramurals, brother. Jimmy Otson, I'm going to trust you to save me. Why would the group of five schools vote to change the AQs from six to five teams? Doesn't make sense. Au contraire. So if you are on this committee and you're currently at six, that tells you that you're keeping the Pac-12 as a P5 level, like as a automatic qualifier. So what does that do? Well, that automatically limits one spot because now instead of having seven, you're only going to have six at-large bids. So if you look at schools like Tulane, Air Force certainly, um, I mean, you look at the best group of five schools. If you go six and six, you're limiting them, right? So if you go five and seven, it's a it's a much wider field. Now, the, does that mean that you're going to get Air Force in instead of, let's say, Alabama? You're probably not, right? Because the four, the the P four conference champions are in, mm-hmm. and the highest ranked G five champions in. So that makes five and you're quite literally going to sit around a table and you are going to have pizza and beverages of choice. And you're going to, you're going to act like a bunch of dudes sitting around arguing about college football. Yep. That's how the playoff committee works. Now, if we want to talk about what the group of five schools should really be talking about, that's how many games the P four schools should be playing in conference every single year. And that's the leverage that the P the G five have, because there is some question about well, what is what is the G five going to negotiate on? Well, you know, if we're only going to get if we're doing six and six, you guys got to play nine or ten conference games every year, period. That we're going to hold the line on that. Now, this is just like the speaker of right. the house. Well, you know, if you're not going to give me this, I'm not going to give you that. That's right, T. If you're going to go six and six, yeah, you're going to have to play 10 games in your conference. Oh, you want to do five and seven, and we're the G5 is going to get an automatic qualifier anyway, but hey, give us a second auto qualifier. The highest ranked non-G5, that's going to be the negotiation. Yeah, that's the conversation that we should be talking about. So knowing that, Again, I go back to Kirk Schultz has the hammer, bro. If Kirk Schultz has the hammer and a lack of relationships, ask yourself, how is that going to play out when you've got a bunch of adults sitting around a table arguing for their relationships that do not include Kirk Schultz? And when he holds you up, let's say he holds up for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks and won't vote. And then his conference melts down. And let's say he has to act as an independent next year. Man, hey, Washington State. Washington State won nine games. Let's just say they pull it out of the fire somehow. 
you're going to find every reason not to give them a, a spot. Exactly. Well, you know, it's this crappy team and look at their strength of schedule. And, you know, I really don't like the fact that, uh, you know, they only had 39 hot dog stands instead of 42. And it really pisses me off that they don't have enough parking spots with yellow lines. They've got a bunch of white lines in there. You're going to look for every reason. Well, you know, they had more cloudy days than sunny days up in the Palouse. Yeah, we're going to have to disqualify them for that. So it's not about puzzle pieces fitting together. That's it's not what not. this is. This is a power struggle, if you will, and leverage, just like anything else. And the point remains that these two schools are not on equal footing in any of these conversations. They can't afford to go to court. They can't. Like, I know it's 20 days and the clock is ticking, but 20 days is a long time. If you think about all this really takes yeah. is, hey, we're going to get on the phone and we're going to hammer out an agreement and we'll have the lawyers write it up. So 20 days, you have time. But but you're not going to sit here and play hardball with these 10 and then think you're going to win that and then go to the college football playoff committee, let's say, and play hardball there too and think you're going to have any type of, any type of leverage. Because I'm telling you right now, the playoff committee is already evaluating what you're doing. If you think that the playoff committee isn't directly plugged into the conversations being had between these two, you're out of your mind. Yeah, and I don't – the thing that I struggle with is I, I don't understand why – first of all, Kyle, why are you typing in all caps? Is your caps lock broken? Um, but the, the thing that I understand is why can't we grasp the idea that what's on paper is far less important than the humans determining what it means. Why can't we grasp that? And I think the thing that is so remarkable is it doesn't matter. This Kirk Schultz thing is probably the best example of it. It doesn't matter that it has to be unanimous or that he's got the hammer or it doesn't matter. He's going to do what he needs to do to save his ass. And that is not hold out against the very people who can save his ass. Yeah. And I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me, but anyways, yeah, you're probably right. Who cares? Who cares? You know, um, let's see. Kendon Shirley, uh, Kyle, dude, take the caps off, mate. We see. <laughs> Sorry if you're offended by that. I, Kyle, you're Kyle, my guy, you're, you're super, you are super passionate and I appreciate you being here, dude. You, you are, and I would disagree with you. Scott Barnes has incredible relationships and he is somebody that can get, he, he has shown you. He's a, the guy has the balls to pick up the phone on the day that the PAC 12 melted down. He called the pack. He called the big 10 multiple times. He called the big 12 multiple times. He called the ACC multiple times. It didn't get him anywhere. He's an operator. He has relationships. He can pick up the phone and call people, man. You're going to be fine. MJ Bissett, what's up, MJ? Good to see you. They don't want to play G5 on neutral field or in their stadium uh, no matter what. This is what you get when you have boxing, like business practices and team sports. Yeah. And the other thing you need to embrace about this is it's not fair and it's never going to be fair. Yeah. We're not talking about what's fair. We're yeah. talking about what's going to happen. Yeah. It's not fair. Um, I got the keys. Okay. Uh, Keith in capital letters, <laughs> OSU and Washington state will win in court and it, and it won't take forever. 
it's pretty cut and dry. Well, for, yeah. uh, for we're already approaching forever. <laughs> we're about, I, and, and I think this is a really good point, even though it's in all caps. I think it's a really good point that if it goes to court, I think Washington state and Oregon state win. I mean, it's, it's in the bylaws, it's in the contract, mm-hmm. like cut and dry. Mm-hmm. They have precedent, they have prior action, like they have everything they need, but it, you're, you're getting bled dry. You're getting bled dry. Yeah. And my concern is, it's is, brutal. is that, okay, let's say it does get to court and you do have that case. No doubt. I'm not disputing that. You think that these 10 schools don't know how to drag out a court proceeding? They don't know how to oh, delay and... See, but it's this that kills me. You re- So they're going to ignore their own bylaws agreed upon in 2014. They ignore the, half their bylaws already. It's not... You, I don't know why I can't... You seem like a reasonably smart guy. I think you're just trolling now. That, I truly believe this is a trolling comment. The legal ramifications are substantial. For who? For who? You you really think Washington State's going to sue? And you're the same guy who said that the college football playoff committee would pay out $350 million to two schools, even though it says on their website that's not going to happen. So when you talk about legal proceedings... Let's not get this twisted about where we came from here. I think you're trolling. Yeah. I, I this, I, I, come on, guy. It, it, there's, I get it. I get it. I, I, I get it. Mike Smith, uh, he has the square hammer, but I'm not sure he's on the level. He's not. He's not. All right. The Monty Show, our number two of the show, as always, is brought to you by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty, Mrs. Monty. Tough beat last night playing the sim game on the uh, on the Forex market in Australia. Did not have a great night. But what's the beautiful part of day trading? It doesn't last long. You turn that bad trade off, you get right back to business. And Again, my wife is in the program at TridayTrading.com. So I, on a nightly basis, get to watch her trade. And watching her work the indicators and the process, the software, you know, listening to her, you know, talk about her coach and their coaching. And you just quickly understand that the process is in place. You have to follow it. And they train you so on the details of making money. It's pretty remarkable when you see this in action, I, I I understand that people are intimidated by day trading. You don't have to be because the guys that try day trading really break it down. They simplify it for you. And I, I love it. I'm fascinated by it. It is the best 10 bucks you're ever going to spend. Uh, go get a 30-day trial membership for a $10 charitable donation that is tax deductible and enjoy yourself on the market because it is truly entertaining. It is the one thing that I I think I can say without question. It is it is compelling. It is it's mesmerizing to watch it. I would be I cannot sit there and stare at the screen because I get too emotionally invested in it. Because <laughs> you roller coaster, but the the programming that you put in, you program your trades into a into your system and it sets a high and a low. And if you sit there and you watch it go up and down between the high and the low, you'll drive yourself crazy. Set up that trade, go make dinner, come back, and you've made money. Yeah. That is the that is the ideal scenario. And are you going to win every trade? You're not. But the roller coaster has far more upswing than downswing, and I'm fascinated by it 
The best part is when you graduate the TridayTrading.com program, you're going to trade their money until you decide you're ready to trade your own money. A week, a year, a decade. When you graduate the program at Triday Trading, they give you continuing education and coaching and you trade with their money. When you make money with their money, they give you up to 80% of the profit at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Go get the 30-day $10 trial membership. It'll change your life, dude. It will absolutely change your life. It is unbelievable. Dakota Tubbs. What's up, Mizzou? Uh, can you tell if this guy sends our trolling comments but never understands when I'm being Mizzou troll? <laughs> I The thing about the trolling comments, sometimes it's, it, you know, like a guy like Immaculate, I think is just passionately on one side of it and is desperate to be right. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, I know when you're a small podcast, that's the that's the game that you're trying to play. And I totally understand that. But y- yeah, come on, man. It's just a philosophical difference. I, and I feel that's bad all. for Washington State and Oregon State fans. I truly do. Robert Fowler, oh my God, with all due respect, can we please move on? Indeed, we can move on because we have to talk about this Michigan scandal. Scandal. Um, scandal. Is it a scandal? I don't know. Like, I, I, uh, we're heading that direction for sure. I mean, you know, you had, I, I feel like the, the sentiment towards it. The reason I say I'm not sure if it's a scandal mm-hmm. in the masses is because I feel like the sentiment towards the situation in the media, but also with some of this, you know, some of these clips are going to play is like, oh, well, you know, it's not like they've got a telescope up in the bleachers and, you know, they didn't, yeah. they didn't do anything, you know, great. It's like everyone for whatever reason. And Hey, I'm open to the idea. Maybe I'm just a Jim Harbaugh hater. Maybe I'm that guy, it, it, but I don't think I am, but maybe I am. Cause I don't understand how we continue to defend somebody who's the spearhead of a program. Who's doing this. That that's what I struggle with is like, we don't want to just say, yeah, you know, you recruited during the COVID dark window. Then you thought it'd be a good idea to tell this guy to go out and buy tickets in his own name on his $55,000 salary, uh, where you clearly gave him money and go to these games or send staffers and scheme. That's what you thought was a good idea. And nobody wants to say, Hey, like, yeah, Jim just got it wrong here. And yeah, there's consequences for that. Well, and I think the hard part right now is that you have a situation where the NCAA is going to take unprecedented action. And we were hearing today in the same conversations we were having about Oregon State and Washington State, one of the interesting things we were hearing today was that the NCAA is exploring their options for taking action in the near future, Mm -hmm. which I think very clearly means that they're looking at suspending Jim Harbaugh for the rest of the year. They must have concrete evidence if that's the case. But it's interesting hearing from other coaches. Um, in particular, we we heard from Matt Rule and Deion Sanders. Uh, and Deion Sanders didn't seem to have much surprise or shock about what's going on at Michigan. Everyone's trying to get an edge. I mean, everyone's trying to get whatever edge they can. Um you could have someone's whole game plan. They could mail it to you. You still got to stop it. You still got to stop it. So in football, it's not as 
pronounce as baseball. If I know a curveball is coming, I'm, I'm, I got you. You know, with, with football, I don't give a darn. If you know a sweep is coming, you still got to stop it. Physically, you, it's a physical game. You got to stop it. So that, that's a little tough. I don't buy into a lot of that stuff that someone's stealing this, stealing that. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. You still got to play the game. Back in our glory days with San Francisco as well as the Cowboys, you know darn well Emmitt Smith is getting the ball. You know darn well Mike Irvin is running the comeback. You know darn well Jay Novacek is going to do what he's going to do, and you couldn't stop it. Yeah. Deion Sanders, pretty matter-of-fact about um, the his feelings, that it doesn't matter if you know the signal, you still got to make the play. And then there's Matt Rule, um, who had a very interesting take on this as well and how to stop You go to a high school game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to an NFL game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to the college, there's nothing. Like, if you don't think, you know, I mean, so that it should be that. Um, but that's sign stealing. That's not, I'm not, don't, don't, I would not carry that over to going and filming someone else's practices or something like that or filming someone else's games. That's completely something different. I'm not saying that that happened. But I think what's wrong part, partly in our society right now sometimes is we say someone, someone does something against the rules, and sports need rules, right? Sports need rules to keep competitive balance. And when someone does something against the rules, we say, well, should that really even be a rule? And it is the rule. That's, that's the rule, right? Like, I didn't get to play with – we don't get five downs. You, so, um, But in-game, stealing of signs. When I play against somebody and I know that person has friends on the next staff, I know if they have our signs, they're having it the next week. Um, that's all part of the game, and you have to do what you do. We, we should absolutely have technology, but if there's a rule, the rule should be followed. And I'm not speaking about what's happening right now because I don't know what happened. But um, if that is happening somewhere, it's completely, completely wrong. Wild. And I think it's really interesting that when you hear coaches like Matt Rule and Deion Sanders talking about this, and then you hear that the NCAA is exploring options to – take immediate action against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I don't think there's any doubt now. And, and, and these new photos that came out today um, that have this Michigan analyst um, on the sideline and. Yeah, there's a I lot mean, of evidence, bro. You and look at, you look at this right here. He is all the way on the left with the red arrow. There's video of him in the Ohio state game last year. And the whole coaching staff, staring at the signal coming in from the Ohio State sideline. And the coaching staff automatically started changing the defensive play when they saw what the signal was. And why would they be doing that? Because they knew what the play call was. And you you look at him there. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at him right there with the, with all the assistant coaches, um, with, a, a, with a, uh, a notebook in his hand, a, a binder in his hand, like, I mean, this was clearly a much larger operation than we had any idea of. And I think there is no question the NCAA has a volume of evidence here. I don't know. Do you, is it appropriate for the NCAA to take action now? Well, here's what's at risk and here's the problem. If the NCAA doesn't take action now, they're never going to be able to, to take action. Because I think it's widely accepted now that Jim Harbaugh will leave his position as Michigan coach after this season. And the NCAA is largely in a position where they will not be able to punish Michigan or Jim Harbaugh at that point. And I think the NCAA, I mean, this is what their real job is. Their job is administration and enforcement. That is really their only purview at this point over football on the regular. 
And one of the things that they say they take very seriously at the NCAA is ethics and rule enforcement. And they have the teeth to really make this hurt against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. But if Jim Harbaugh is allowed to leave Michigan, there are no sanctions that can reach him in the NFL. And I think it will be very difficult for the NCAA to hold off here, especially knowing that one of the 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 real, I don't know if you if philosophies or core philosophies of the college football playoff is ethics and integrity. And I think it's going to be very difficult for them to allow Michigan, because let's be honest, a week from, I think it's tonight, in fact, when the first college football playoff rankings come out, who do you think is going to be the number one team in that ranking? It's going to be the Michigan Wolverines. And J.J. McCarthy very likely can win the Heisman Trophy. He is the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy right now. You really think the NCAA is going to let that happen? I have a hard time seeing that. They learned too much out of the Pete Carroll scandal. And I think the other part of this that you just can't ignore anymore, and I understand if you look at our comments section yesterday, Michigan fans came out in in mass and in force to say, you don't have any evidence. Well, I'm going to guess that the NCAA has a lot of evidence because they're telling you what they know. They are telling you that this particular staffer bought 30 games and distributed those tickets in his own name. And if they had no evidence, why is this cat currently suspended from Michigan's football program? That's a really tough question to get around if you're a Michigan supporter. Yeah. Why is he suspended? Well, because they have evidence. And the larger question is, let's not forget that the NCAA asked for electronic equipment. And we're not talking about cell phones. We're talking about computers. Why do they want your computer? Because you probably have banking records on there. You probably have a history of buying tickets on there. You probably have cut film on there. You probably have stored film on there. And if you don't, you have access to your cloud on that computer. Think about it. The NCAA, in my opinion, would not have noticed the Big Ten and the Big Ten would not have warned future opponents without actionable evidence. And I think it's going to be very difficult if you are the NCAA to take no action here, especially when you stand on an ivory tower built of respect and ethics. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, these coaches, Prime and Matt Rule, obviously can't come out and be like, yeah, I think uh, Jim cheated and they're a dirty program. You're never going to say that. But but I do think that it's interesting to watch different people take different stances because what they both had in common is that sign stealing is not illegal and it's not illegal. And that's not what Michigan's in trouble for. Michigan's in trouble for sending staff out to their opponents games in the future. Uh, and, and, you know, videotaping them from the bleachers and, you know, stealing that way. And that, that is illegal. And, and so to me, I, yeah, I think the NCAA wouldn't be behaving in the way they do if they had nothing. And Michigan fan doesn't want to admit that. Well, and I think the harder part here is they don't need this particular staffer. They don't need video evidence of him recording sidelines. And one of the things I think was such a great point, I think it was on Feinbaum's show today or yesterday, where they were talking about, this guy was not very smart for being somebody that worked in intelligence. This guy's not very smart because they don't need him. They have surveillance video of people who 
sat in the seats that he bought in his own name recording sidelines on, on two sides of a stadium. Yeah. In 11 different Big Ten venues. So it's going to be tough for him to get away from this, truly. Fat Jesus, what's up? My favorite author, Harbaugh needs to be punished more for wearing Walmart dockers and being a mouth breather. It's a wee fence. Okay. Okay. 1939, most receivers have an option on the pass route. Same with the running back on his own play. Okay. Jim Choi, Michigan will go to court and get an injunction. Maybe. But here's the other problem. So let's say Michigan goes to court and gets an injunction. Do you really think the NCAA is just going to let that pass? If Michigan doesn't cooperate with this investigation, and they're already cooperating over the top from what everybody is reporting, Michigan is fully cooperating. Yeah. They suspended an employee of the football department, and by all accounts, a pretty important one. On the spot, is a, a day after they were noticed, they suspended him. I think they're going to cooperate. But let's let's go the injunction route. How do you think the NCAA is going to react to Michigan going to court and getting an, an injunction? They're not going to react favorably. And when Jim quits after the season, as many people think he will, who do you think the NCAA is going to come looking for? They're going to come looking for Michigan because you went to court and got an injunction. So I seriously doubt that will happen. Yeah, and I just don't think Michigan is incentivized to delay this because they're At not... All. They're not I mean, that that take, respectfully, Jim, I'm not coming after you, but that take would assume that Michigan is naive to the fact that Jim's leaving after the year is over. Or I, that they believe they can win this. Yeah, and, and by the way, they don't, they, like, again, they don't need to win. The institution's going to move forward. It's just a matter of how long that's going to take. Yes. And, and again, I would agree with like, that. it's not like this is a, you know, once again, a, a a money issue per se. I mean, this is, again, different than, you know, Mel Tucker's situation. This is different than what everyone, you know, tried to compare it to with Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush and USC's happenings. This is completely different. This is, this is hey, the rules are the rules. You guys broke the rules, and we have plenty of evidence to support that. That rule set. Yeah. There's, there's a rule in black and white, and you broke it. You're going to be punished for it. Yeah. It, it, nobody, you'll notice nobody is wondering, well, did he actually really do this? No, have you heard anybody ask that question? No, because I mean, the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, said what we're saying is that sign stealing is normalized and happens every day or every week in college football. And and again, we're not talking about sign stealing. This is what all uh, again, respectfully, the casuals don't understand. This isn't about sign stealing. This is about going to your future opponents' stadiums, videotaping their sidelines, yeah. using technology to to break down their signs. That's what this is about. And you have video evidence yeah. of people in the seats that he paid for videotaping sidelines. And by the way, do you do you do you really think they're gonna just do nothing about this when it's said that the other schools are the one that reported Michigan and Jim? And that the other schools knew this staffer by name and appearance? Yeah. As in to say, hey, you're not you're not welcome here, sir. Yeah, he was truly infamous. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's wild. Uh, Adam Salamini, unless they have his phone, they have no evidence of a recording. He didn't record it himself. Yeah, and he was at the Michigan games while the recording happened. So they, his phone is almost irrelevant. The only thing they need on his phone 
would be, I would guess. And there was a some debate on whether Michigan is an Apple or a a, uh, a droid school. But if they're at Apple school, they don't need his phone. They already have his computer. Yeah. One. Two, they don't, they don't need the video on his phone. They need the communication on his phone. Text messages, arrangements, conversations, phone logs. But the other thing is Michigan's going to provide that for him. Yeah. The NCAA is going to ask and Michigan's going to give it to him because Michigan's going to cooperate. Yeah. The the problem here for those that want to see Michigan fight this, you're you're obliged to cooperate at the institutional level. You look at this Harbaugh thing. Why did why do you think Michigan took the action of self-disciplining Jim Harbaugh? Why did he take a three-game rip to start this season? Do you remember the reason? Because he didn't cooperate and he was he was dishonest about his his actions. And the University of Michigan suspended him for that. Yeah. They admitted he did that. So are they really gonna they're not gonna fight this? No. They're not gonna fight this. And I think Michigan as an institution really cares about its reputation. I, I mean, yes, there's a certain prestige that comes with Michigan. And I'm not even a Michigan guy, and I, I'm happy to say that. I mean, again, Michigan is an iconic brand in college athletics. I mean, you're not, again, not to disparage anybody, but Michigan cannot be handled the same way that, you know, uh, New York state is going to be handled. Like I, you're, University. Yeah, like you're Michigan, dude. Like you have a you're reputation, a dude. You are, you are a blue blood, a football power. So with all due respect to buddy and his khakis, they're not going to fight the NCAA. They're no. going to say, Hey, here's everything you guys requested. Let us know what the findings are. Cause yeah. again, the 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 brass at Michigan, I highly doubt was involved in this. This no. has Jim sent sent Buddy and or sent told Buddy to do X Y and Z all over it. This has Jim as a schemer written all over it because that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh is. That's what Jim's always been a schemer. And again, just gonna keep reiterating this for Michigan fan. You want to die on the hill for somebody that not only is not good enough as a head coach to beat his peers. But now it's not good enough at cheating as a head coach of a program to beat his peers. Why are we dying on a hill for this guy? What What's the point? Yeah, and you can have any coach on the planet. Yeah. I mean, it's a great job. Yeah. It's a great job because you're never going to have to worry about not being as good as the guy before you because they didn't win either. Yeah. They. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't think they fight at all. All right, let's run through some of your comments here. Um, let's see. LFG, in my opinion, based on circumstantial details, Shiano's observation, Ohio State's video, Michigan earned subjective punishment, irrespective of letter of the NCAA law. Um, I don't think we've seen all the evidence. You're no. supposing that the evidence that public is everything they have, and that's Not far from the truth. Yeah, and I wouldn't say any of this is circumstantial details. We we circumstantial would be well, you know, his best friend and his. His best friend Steve and his fiance Juniper happen to be in Columbus this day. Uh, no, they have him. Uh, they have him purchasing tickets to 30 games in 11 different stadiums in his own name. They have video evidence of people in those seats that he purchased in those stadiums, pointing recording devices, phones, 
at the signals on the sideline static for the entire game. And they are, from what I'm told anyway, I asked specifically of a uh, of a pretty well-placed source, hey, how are they going to get from, okay, well, here's jerky one and jerky two pointing their phones at a sideline. How do they know they're recording plays? And they said, if they can't get their hands on those phones, that's where the video evidence would come in. What they're doing now is they're backtracking to the tape that was leaked today um, on the Michigan, on the Michigan, Ohio state game where CJ Stroud is in the shotgun Mm -hmm. and in the background are all the coaches and players. And immediately you see when they audibled to this look where CJ Stroud and the running backs turn and look at the sideline for a new play call. The call comes in. You see a bunch of Michigan players put their hands up in the air, which means pass play. And you see this coach, this analyst, excuse me, immediately put signals in, go to the defensive coach who puts another signal into the game. (laughs) And it just so happens that on that play, and I'm told dozens of others, they're in the exact right place in the exact right space and they make the play. And, and, hey, and they beat Ohio State two years in a row. And hey, if in fairness, if that's all you have, right? If you just have game stuff, if you don't have those folks who are on the road and this is just about observations in, in game. Yeah, that'd be circumstantial. That's circumstantial. Okay, to the letter. Then Jim's going to get off on this one. But my point is, is that, hey, if you're going public with all this and you're coming after Jim and his program the way you are, and you're asking Michigan for cooperation and they're giving it to you, I'm telling you, they have a dagger in their hand worth of evidence. There's no way you behave this way with nothing. There is nothing circumstantial about we suspended an employee who bought tickets to 30 games in 11 stadiums that have been linked to people recording sidelines. They've they've got access to video. They've got access to, hey, this guy's computer They've got access to, I guarantee you, they've already asked Michigan for his expense reports. Did this guy, and again, you tell me, do you really believe that this guy bought these tickets and didn't expense them? No. Okay, let's let's believe, let's play the game like he did. He did not expense them. He just wanted to send his friends to the game. How did they know the signs that were coming in? How did they know you have so much evidence of this guy on the sideline, executing the con, where he's watching the, they have video of this guy, extensive video of this guy staring at the play call on the sideline of the opponent. The signs go up and he's like, ding, 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 ding. Like the guy just, it's like somebody stuck a rod up his ass and all of a sudden it turned him on and he's like, ding, 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 ding. I'm for real. Like he's sending in plays and the defensive coordinator signals in uh, to accept the play call. And then they're in the exact right place to make the play. So all you have to do if you're the NCAA is say, okay, we've got in-game. Now we just need to backtrack through where the crime was committed, yeah. which is, or the violation, I should say. It's not a crime. The violation yeah. yep. was committed. And I'm telling you, they have all that already. They, they've got all that evidence already. And, and you'll never have to get there. You're, yeah. You you already suspend the fact they suspended the employee pretty much is the the nail. And I'd also say, hey, if you're the NCAA, why would you want to mess with Michigan for no reason? You wouldn't. Nobody cares about Jim Harbaugh that much. I assure you. 
Yeah, they, they, yeah, they have evidence. All right, a couple more comments on this because then I want to get to the Heisman argument. Uh, Mike Smith, they sent guys to record signs of future teams they were playing. They get the video, accumulate, and translate. When the play that the team, when they play the team live, they have all the signs and use it to help his team. Yeah, they execute it at a high level. Yeah, like they have a, they have a, they have it at a very high. Their level. Their on-field execution was outstanding. Their business execution to get away with this was terrible. Yeah, I it, it, the execution they went too far. I know we've talked about this a hundred times. They went too far. Yeah. They went way too far. Northeast Ohio, Boise fan. Ohio State is a college with a history of covering sexual assault of student and assistant coaches' wives. I'm fine with cheating against Ohio State. My God. Yeah, Ohio State's had their fit. I mean, mm, yeah, you're not even kidding. Jason, Ryan Day is definitely behind this. One more loss to Michigan, and he could be fired. Hey, man, you're not even wrong. Um, Jim Choi. Whatever punishment Michigan gets, it's going to be after the 2023 college football season. That's not what we're hearing. We were told today, again, not to undersell the lead, I guess. Uh, the NCAA is exploring options for immediate action against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh because they know they know that if it goes after the season, he's going to quit. Yeah. And wouldn't you? And I think one of the blights on the the enforcement actions in the history of the NCAA is, is Pete Carroll never paid a penalty for what happened at USC. 100%. And so I think they are very much looking for their pound of flesh. And by the way, the kids did at SC, I might add. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's going to be very interesting to see who wins the Heisman Trophy. See, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? Uh, the athletic has some new odds out that we're going to talk about after we tell you about our good friends at bucked up energy, the official energy provider of the Monty show hour and 20 minutes ago, we hit the buckshot. I feel great. You guys, I'm telling you, it's the best product they have, but you also know that we're back in the gym five days a week. Um, getting ready for our run to Hawaii on Thanksgiving. And I, I just love what bucked up's doing for us. Uh, Mrs. Monty and I are, are in great shape and, that whether it is their whey protein isolate, uh, right now their uh, creatine monohydrate is their uh, selected product of the week at buckedup.com. Um, I would tell you their pre-workout is the best in the business. Every morning when I get back from the gym now, I'm in this habit of I drink a protein shake that's got you know whey protein isolate in it. I've got my uh, uh, collagen peptides in there. Goes down so easy, tastes great. When I go to the gym, I take racked BCAAs with me and I put my creatine, my my six-point. I use the six-point creatine because it's a combination of all the six different levels of creatine. I love it. When I'm working out, I drink that. I am currently on a run of pina colada uh, racked BCAAs that are amazing. Get all of it at buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY for 20% off at checkout. And you guys, listen, I really want you to try Bucked Up. Uh, and their buckshot because it's a great energy product. It's 200 uh, milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine and a bunch of brain food. And this is what happens. Like you get a lift. You're not going to get like some huge spike and then a fall. It doesn't work like that. Buckshot just gives you a natural lift. It gives you a bunch of clarity. I'm telling you, it is a really good product. Don't take my word for it. In the description on the show below, Go hook it up. There's a link to get six free buckshots sent right to your front door. And I guarantee you, 
I don't know anybody who doesn't like it or hasn't had a good experience. Yeah, with I don't it. think I've ever heard anyone say, yeah, I don't like this or it doesn't work. No, it, it absolutely works. Go check it out. Uh, and again, if you want to get hooked up at buckedup.com, Monty, to save 20% off at checkout. Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Casey Boss got my Bucked Up samples. Pretty freaking good. No shakes or crashes. Let's go, baby. That's what I'm telling you about, about Buckshot. The best part about it is that there are no shakes. You don't get the spikes and the highs and lows you get from this other stuff is because they use crappy ingredients, sugars and artificial flavors. And when you make a really good product and it just works, it's because you use elite ingredients that make an elite product that does exactly what it says it's going to do. Yes. That's why you trust Bucked Up. And whether it is Buckshot and I think Casey Boss, your your, your comments pretty indicative of of what most people think. It, it's just incredible. Uh, Jim Choi, we could get another free buckshot after already getting six. I don't know. Try it. Um, I would also tell you, everybody, we do a lot of samples. Everybody has been crushing the sample for uh, the shake, the free shaker cup because it is the best shaker cup in the business. You yes. can check that out as well. Um, Aaron Wilson says, "LOL, you're welcome, buddy." Okay. Okay. Uh, Mike Smith, if Michigan shows that other teams are doing the same thing, does that, uh, does it absolve Michigan from any punishment? No, no. I no, mean, no. I think that it, 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 they will take their medicine and so will other schools doing this. Yeah. I don't think there's any way to that's, absolve. That's still been the main point. We're about to talk about the Heisman, uh, trophy run here. Yeah. But when we talk about a certain individual who plays quarterback for Michigan, Think about what the Jim Harbaugh sign-stealing thing, what effect that has on the Heisman conversation. Yeah, because it's not just offensive signs they were stealing, by the way. Uh, Here you go. The Athletic today uh, put out their latest Heisman Trophy standings. And look at that. Michael Penix Jr., number one. Absolutely right. Marvin Harrison Jr., number two. Really? Jaden Daniels, LSU, number three. I think that's justified. Dylan Gabriel, fourth. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback at Michigan, <coughs> fifth. <coughs> he got double the amount or triple the amount of votes that Bo Nix got for first place. I am amazed by this. There are voters that have J.J. McCarthy ahead of Bo Nix. And I think the reason for that is because when J.J. McCarthy throws the football, it looks pretty, right? He's one of those guys that isn't an amazing quarterback. That, that's just my opinion. I would agree with that. Uh, he's not this this incredible, never seen it before. Like, you know, the 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 sort of allure that Caleb Williams had going into this season. Hey, he's the front runner. He's the god of all quarterbacks. Like, he's that guy. That's what I think people feel when they watch J.J. throw the football. But the reality of the situation is, is his strength of schedule doesn't add up to a Heisman Trophy, and and ultimately the numbers don't quite add up, and and I think that's what's difficult. The the once again we're talking about the Heisman Trophy doesn't have a specific definition of what we're looking for. That's Some people right. will tell you it's the best quarterback in college football. Other people will tell you it's the best player in college football, which is what I think. Yeah, and I think it, it should be the best player in college football. Okay, so if, if that's what it is. JJ definitely shouldn't even be in the conversation. Yet here we are. I think it's a very interesting 
It's a very interesting debate. And I look at some of the NCAA passing numbers. You guys understand that J.J. McCarthy's 33rd in the country in passing. Um, <laughs> that he's only thrown the ball 169 times. Um, that he's got 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. But when you look at a guy like Michael Penix leading the country in passing yards, because he's thrown the ball 257 times, right? 182 pass completions. I look at some, I look at Jaden Daniels. He's number two in the country. You know, like at 25 passing touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah. Yet who's the betting favorite? to win the Heisman Trophy in Vegas. According to Caesar Sportsbook, it's J.J. McCarthy. According to the Westgate, it's J.J. McCarthy. According to, um, you know, MGM, J.J. McCarthy. Um, how is that possible? How does, how does Michael Penix not win the Heisman Trophy this year? And in the comments section, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Mike Smith, Baki over Gordon as the first running back on the list. It's wild. <laughs> that, and, and, and he might be the best example and, of this. And I love Baki. And I think what I think what he has done um is nothing short of incredible. But when you guys look at this list, Sione Baki is the only running back on this list. Yeah. Now, I also don't think that Brock Bowers should be on this list. He's pretty much out for the rest of the regular season. You know, I look at somebody like Dallas Turner. He's obviously the leader of the Alabama defense, but should he be should he be on this list right now? Well, but I look at somebody like Luther Burden. Should Luther Burden be behind J.J. McCarthy? Behind, you know, like I, I, I can't say that he should be because I think without Luther Burden, is Mizzou really Mizzou? I mean, guy's an incredible, incredible talent. Yeah. And yet he's only got three points. And I look at the the folks that have the majority of the points, Jaden Daniel. How does Marvin Harrison Jr. have 45 points and Bo Nix has 16? That's remarkable to me. And again, I'm going to tell you, it's a bias in the way that the, the voters watch college football. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else it could be. I mean, I... I... Look, I I think the reality is, you know, nobody wants to talk about the fact that, hey, people who matter weren't interested in Oregon and Washington. You know, on Twitter, they'll tell you they were interested. And, you know, oh, man, yeah, I watched that whole game front to back. And, oh, my God. But then you get the AP poll, you get the Heisman Trophy poll, you get the college football playoff poll, you get, hell, even the coaches poll are all throwing shade at the Pac-12. And... That's where I'm like, okay, look, I get it. it. You have to stay up late on the East Coast. But my answer to that even is, okay, don't stay up, but at least rewatch it. At least go through and watch the tape because you have access to it. Mm. And it really bothers me that we do this, that that because you it play does. in Michigan, you you get, I guess, pushed up. Or I, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitating to say he gets a free pass because he hasn't won anything. But, but you know, you get you pushed up. You get the up benefit the of the doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, and so it's like, Hey, the next time that I see Kyle McCord in the Heisman conversation, won't be the last time. Like, this is Michael Penix Jr.'s award to lose, in my opinion. I agree. 100%. It, should, it, it should be him and everybody else until until he falters or loses a huge game or whatever it's going to take to knock him off the pedestal. Like, as an example, what Caleb Williams did knocked him off the pedestal. No longer in the conversation. Totally agree. You're not winning this year. 
I think Caleb's out. Obviously, Quinn Ewers is out literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, I just think it's going to be a really difficult Dylan road Gabriel. to Dylan Gabriel. Like, how is this guy not getting more credit for where his team is at based on where they started? Because that's the other thing no one talks about. Well, they, they had to fight for their lives this weekend, which I think doesn't help. But the and starting line is different for everybody. But thankfully for – oh, that's true for certain. Thankfully for Dylan Gabriel, he's got big games ahead of him, probably Texas again. But I, I, I think it's one of those things where you just have to get through it. And he's got – everybody's got to perform in their biggest games. Uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy has to beat Penn State, and he has to be the reason you beat Penn State. And J.J. McCarthy has to be the reason you beat Ohio State. Right, like that's that's how this has to go. He's got to be the reason you win the Big Ten championship, you know, or you're not going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, and I I think it's 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 cruel, but it is it is it is what it is, right? Uh, let's see, Jeff Woodworth, Iowa's PR on that list is sorry for effing you on that call last week. Yes, yeah, seriously, man, I cannot believe they called that a fair catch. Like, what were you looking at, dude? I, I don't know. Dakota Tubbs, if Luther Burden wins the Heisman, I'll eat a shoe for the program. Well, you probably won't have to do that. <laughs> Chuck B, what's up? I hate USC, but no other QB is as talented as Caleb. Can't believe I typed this. Well, but that's not going to get it done for the Heisman. Dude. And you can't throw three interceptions right. in, against Notre Dame, and you can't sit on the sideline after you lost to Utah. Well, again, I, I can't and believe. Cry. I, I can't. So, like, after the Notre Dame game for USC, I was like, okay. Hey, it's one week. Yeah, you had an awful game for Caleb Williams, but surely this is the low point, right? Like, surely this is... And look who's on the TV for NBA on TNT. Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders in Denver at the Nuggets game. Who the hell knew? Yeah. Unreal, dude. I can't get away from the guy. They're everywhere. But my point is, is that is that overall, I just think that it's a popularity contest. And a guy like Caleb Williams, you're not going to go to Notre Dame and lose like you did. And then inexplicably, because I still maintain, and I give Utah all the credit in the world, love wit, love everything they're doing, right? But but let's be real. USC should have won that game based on what you have to work with. And yet here we are again, talking about how you let everyone down. Yep. And it's why Lincoln Riley skipped his damn radio show today, which I have no yeah, respect for. Yeah, how about for. that story? No respect for that. Lincoln Riley skipped his radio show. He said, I don't feel well. Mm. Well, it's probably because you got your balls stomped on two Saturdays in a row, and they're probably aching right now. That's <laughs> such a cop-out. That is such a cop-out. Absolute cop-out that Lincoln Riley bailed on his radio show don't because see, they lost two games in a row. Yeah, you don't see Nick Saban skipping out on Pat McAfee or any of his other obligations when they lose. Wild to me. Uh, James Oak State fan says, I saw Penix last year at the Alamo Bowl. The guy is a special talent. He's an amazing athlete. That arm is wild, dude. He's very good. Uh, Fat Jesus, it, it is so crazy that ASU has ha- also had a, a wee name Okay, what the? F- it's so crazy that ASU also had a QB named Jaden Daniels, but this one is apparently really good. Yeah, the Herm effect, <laughs> right? He is. I, the kid just terrifies me because he 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 is the girth of a fettuccine noodle, <laughs> and just takes hit after hit, keeps delivering the football. Yep. But he just gets hit so often. 
Jim Choi, Michael Penix so far haven't shown up for Arizona or Arizona State games. Yeah, but does anybody show up for those games? He showed up, uh, what was that one game he showed up for? Oh, the Oregon game mm. where everybody watched. That's right. He is an elite quarterback. He is an elite, elite quarterback. Um, Salamini, I trust Tijuana Tapwater more than I trust USC quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, you ain't wrong about that. You ain't wrong about that. And by the way, to the, the comment about not showing up for those games, they yeah. still won the game. They did. So I don't want to hear that. Kim Coulter says, Gary, not sure about that. And I thank God we haven't had to find out. Okay. Kim, maybe you're right. Tech has had to play from behind so much that Taj hasn't gotten near as many opportunities as he otherwise would have. Still leading the conference in rushing. And this is my thing with Ollie Gordon. Let's talk about the Heisman <laughs> Trophy when the guy is leading the conference in rushing. And you can keep filling up the comment section on YouTube and tweeting at me. And I got a guy the other day tweeting me his game log. And I'm like, do you really think his game log is is germane to a Heisman Trophy discussion when you're not leading the conference in rushing? You're getting beat by a guy who's not got the opportunities you've got. Yeah. Uh, I it yeah. Come on, come on, guy. Come on. Um, Dakota Tubb says Lincoln Riley equals little macaque. Wow. I I will say he said macaque. Macaque. I've you. never been a Lincoln guy, and that's no secret. However, there are levels to this game, and skipping out yes. of media availability is low cash. You can't do it. You can't do it. Mike Smith, Lincoln not showing up for a media as as his NFL stock starts to fall. I do you guys believe that there was some talk here on the Monty show uh presented by our good friends at the Advocates, the Advocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Do you guys believe? that Lincoln Riley is about to quit USC to go to the NFL. You've been in an accident and now you're injured. Though it wasn't your fault, you now have to deal with getting your car fixed, mounting medical bills, and insurance companies who don't play fair. But don't worry, the experienced team at The Advocates are here to get you the support you need. The Advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business, I say it every day, that The Advocates, if you've been hurt at work, there is no better there is no more qualified. There is no firm in this country who has as much workman's comp experience. They've seen everything. Check them out, theadvocates.com. I'm telling you guys, you, you shouldn't be worried. You shouldn't be burdened with, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my health insurance bills? How am I going to pay my medical bills? How am I going to pay my mortgage, my rent, my car payment? You shouldn't be worried about that. You should be resting and getting back to work. Let the advocates fight for you. That's what they do best. And they never ask you to pay out of pocket. No, no, friends. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. In fact, you can chat with an attorney free live online right now. It won't cost you a penny at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the money program, do you guys buy that Lincoln Riley's headed to the NFL? I don't buy that. Mm. I don't buy it for a second. He's not somebody. He Lincoln Riley is too damn competitive to leave USC without at least making a a run at the college football playoff. Yeah, I just think he's young in the program. I, I mean, you've only been there what your second season. It's not like the guy's been there ten years. I mean, it's not like, dude, he's got things to do. This is what I say about Prime every time we talk about Prime leaving Colorado. Prime has things to do with Colorado. Prime Prime has to get some things done. 
before he's got the merits to leave yes. for a bigger program. And yes. and for Lincoln, I don't even know. Like honestly, if you ask Lincoln Riley, hey, would you be interested in the NFL? I'm not sure he'd say yes. Uh, Lincoln Riley is is everything you would want in a college football head coach. He just has to win now. All right, let's reset things. Uh, Davadzi for $2. Immaculate's a good dude, just misguided. Be nice. I don't... We weren't being mean. I don't know Immaculate. He He's a listener of the show. He subscribes to the channel. I really appreciate that. We just have completely different sourcing and information flows. He, I, I, It's not personal, man. It has never been personal. I've not seen the thing I will say, and I probably should take the time to watch his show. I've not seen his show. And I'm not in the habit of watching other people's podcasts. It's not what I do. Well, Bamani, are you saying you have the best podcast? No. I don't believe in your podcast sucks and mine is great. Everybody who does a show, and I don't do a podcast. I do a daily sports talk show. You like it? Great. If you don't like it, I'm not going to bend your arm behind your back and make you stay here. We want you to come here, talk sports, talk a little lifestyle, um, and have some fun. Comment, be a part of the show, have your voice heard. That's what we care about. Now, it's awesome we have almost 50,000 subscribers. We're, we, it, it's awesome that you know we generally have a good time and we laugh a lot on this show. But there is nobody that is going to judge you here. There is nobody that is going to make it personal here. It's just, that's not what we do. Uh, MJ Bissett for $10. Could a settlement in the Pac-12 case open a legal door for Florida State and Clemson to get out of the ACC with drastically reduced financial penalties? What does no. one have to do with the other? I don't understand your thought yeah, process. Yeah, I think, there. well, his thought process is, is that the Pac-12, Pac-2 situation coming to a conclusion if they were to settle would set a precedent for ACC schools to try to leave the ACC, and it just doesn't. I, 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 to what you were just saying, they're not connected. It's a totally different situation. The, the, the problem for the ACC schools is, and the biggest difference is, their grant of rights runs through eternity, otherwise known as 2035-36, whereas the PAC schools' grant of rights ends at the end of this season. Yes. So it's a totally different situation. Yep, totally agree. Um, if the P2, I am trying to take ACC down with me. No, no you wouldn't. Why would you want to take the ACC down with you? That doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't, you can't damage the game. You can't like it is. You, you, yeah, yeah. I just, I disagree with that fundamentally. Uh, Elaine Tran, what's up, Elaine? Good to see you. Texas is talented. Yeah, right. Seriously talented. Jeff Woodworth, I like the spatula so much. I bought the company. Okay, nice. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, Aaron Wilson says Texas-based show. Yeah, I mean, we're right here in the heart of Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's funny that the Big Lubbock hasn't been back after you guys got Oh, and... well, hey, we played in Laramie. The altitude doesn't matter. Well, apparently it did. He was so sure. We probably do talk too much Big 12 Texas football on this show. I mean, I mean, we uh, daily we talk Texas Tech, Texas. Nobody talks about Texas A&M. <laughs> well, how could you? Well, again, but how could you? It's it's a perfect example. Dude, A&M is not firing Jimbo anytime soon because of that contract payout. Yeah, I don't know about that. That I You have to be 
just dead set on it. Would you bet a fingertip on that? No, I'm not in the business of losing my fingers over some average ass head coach in Jimbo Fisher. I'm just saying. I think Texas Tech has always been well healed, and when they're not, they have the opportunity to go out and find it. And he's an average ass football coach. And I think he sealed his fate by not beating Nick Saban in Alabama. I think he sealed his fate. Yeah. That's just me. But, you know, it's fine. Um, LR, what had he done besides Lincoln Riley? Is that what you mean? What had he done besides ride coattails of brand names, be overranked for this, and rightfully fall flat every season? Man, I wish my quarterbacks winning Heisman trophies and – you know, going to big bowl games, man, I wish I fell flat like that. Yeah, you can't you can't take the hate for Lincoln Riley too far. Is he, in my opinion, he's you can't classify him as a winner per se. He hasn't gotten that far in his career yet, but there's no question. He, he is a special, special offensive mind. Uh, he knows how to rack up 40-point games like nobody's business. And honestly, I'm starting to wonder if this guy maybe is just not good enough at putting a defensive staff together because I know he can recruit. So if you have the talent, which right now at SC, they don't have good enough talent. He needs to work on that. But you had great talent at Oklahoma and you just couldn't put it together. Do you guys understand he's only lost 15 games in his entire career? <coughs> in his entire career. He's 72 and 15. Now, is he any good at bowl games? No, he's one and four. 0-3 in the college football playoff. But that, wait, does that mean he's been in the college football playoff three times? <gasps> stop. I'm a man! Stop. You stop saying stuff like that. He has not. If Lincoln Riley's a failure, I'd like to be a failure on his level. He's not a failure. He's not. And I understand it. I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, we never talk about SMU on the show, Grim. What's SMU? Oh, the Houston Oilers? That was Houston. The University of Houston that wore the Oilers. Yeah, you guys, it could, could you please stop telling us it was Houston that wore the Oilers uniform? We corrected that on the show yesterday. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Mike Smith. <laughs> I will admit, here and now, let me sit up straight. I am, I am much more amenable to talking Houston, Dallas, and Lubbock. Little bit of San Antonio, Victor Wambin, your mama. Uh, you know, maybe, but it's fine. Um LR. Great. Now it's LR. Neat. Lives and breathes offense and QBs. Defense is not his wheelhouse. I doubt he cares at all about it. Well, oh, I think he cares. Him. If he didn't care, he probably showing up for his media availability today. Yeah, and you might want to you might want to start recruiting defense. Uh Jeff Woodworth. Shmoo, shmoo. Okay. I like it. Air Force needs to go undefeated to get a spot. They very much do. They and convincingly. Jim Choi Riley took a day off practice today per doctor's order and Kingsbury acting coach if, for practice today. Mm. I love it. Mm. Uh Kingsbury's there. Yes, he is. Um who else? Dakota. Okay, let's move on. Your, Dakota, your caps lock is on, just so you know. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, college football playoff hopes lots of teams go undefeated so there won't be a triple option team to make the playoff. <laughs> How ugly would that be? Yeah. Uh, Big Blue Horses, undefeated Air Force will get passed over for a one or two loss P5, probably. Yep. Bryce Martin, 
Uh, before we get to prize picks, uh, Lincoln Riley will never win until he starts keeping the four or five star defensive players in his state. I agree completely. Hundo P. Hundo P. Prize picks, the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Make sure you guys click the link in the description below. The promo code Monty will get you 100% um, deposit matching. Now, listen. Tonight, the dynasty is not over. <laughs> dude, last night it was over, dude. The dynasty is not over. I dare even show you my picks. You're filling in for somebody. Yeah, somebody who wins on prize picks. Boom, out of here. Because <laughs> it's not me, daddy. Oh, I'm so sore right now. Yeah, seriously, it's rough. It's not me. Here's what I have tonight. I'm all Phillies. I'm all Philly. We'll go all Philly out for you. I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. Shut up, coach. Ranger Suarez. Who, who, who the, you, Ranger Rick? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is, man. Ranger Suarez, starting pitcher for the Phillies. Three strikeouts more. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? <laughs> Brandon Marsh. Half a total base. Now, I'm listen, screwed. Listen, dopey. <laughs> This guy over here is like, hey, man, you got to take Brandon Marsh, like, for the last three games. I'm like, no. Come on. This guy's is empty. Guy's a long-haired hippie. Nah, he, ain't, he ain't covering that, man. Jake's got to win, I think, three or four days in a row. Oh. Well, just on him because I am awful at prize picks. So now I pick him. He won't get on base. My goddamn left fielder, Kyle Schwerber, the Cub legend. More than a hit run RBI I need to. Corbin Carroll, mm. if he was four inches taller, he'd be a superstar. No. And, no, he probably wouldn't. That's true. And then uh, my guy, Bryce Harper. I just need one and a man, half hits. Man, you playing a big RBI. one tonight. I, 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 I'm all in, man. Man, I'm all in. Minutes parade. Minutes parade. Dude, are you okay over there, bro? Oh, my God. And then Austin Reeves for 11 points tonight. I am so sore from working out. It is it is redonkulous. Yeah. Uh, I feel really good about these picks. I do. Where, where are you guys in the comments section on uh, the Philadelphia Phillies tonight? I think you're going to be in good shape. Um, I think the Phillies are coming through. Bryce Harper is a big, 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 big postseason performer. Big game guy. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber. The best left fielder the Chicago Cubs have ever had. That's not true. Um, he is a huge Game 7 performer. Ask the Cubs. Ask Cleveland. I'm for real. I'm all in. Yeah. Let's go Phillies. And then, of course, my guy Austin Reeves. He's no Josh Giddy, but he'll do. Y'all feel me? We're salty drunk when you need him. Where are you guys at it in on it? Uh, Jeff Woodworth, lots of NHL to choose from tonight. Go Blackhawks. Yeah, that's tough, though, dude. There wasn't one I felt really good about. Yeah, you know, and you know what the problem with the NA doing prize picks on NHL? I mean, you can do it. And saves is probably the best one to take your chances on, but, but it's such a system game. You know, there's a certain way that when teams are playing hockey well, that kind of determines who's going to get the bulk of those shots. And a lot of teams are playing well early in the season. So you're not going to get your rando going rando. off of, you know, you know, the usual budget for shots. That's the hard rando. part about the NHL. Rando. 
Um, I think it is going to be very interesting to see how the NBA season goes. Um, I'm a, I, you know, well, uh, what did you see? Did you see what Pete Thamel just tweeted? No, I know that we don't have any information on this and we have no idea what we're talking okay, about. If it's Pete Thamel, it better be something Jim Harbaugh. He who shall guy. not be named buddy. Who's been suspended. Yes. Bought tickets to four different campus games of four college football playoff contenders last year. There's record of purchases of SEC title game tickets in 2021 and 2022. Oh, boy. 12 of 13 Big Ten schools have record of him buying tickets. So let me get this right. I, I And I just want to clarify. Oh boy. So you went and scouted, and it doesn't explicitly say this, but you went and scouted, you know, TCU or any of those teams that you were potentially going to see, and you still got your ass kicked. This is what I'm talking about, Jim. Not only are you not good enough as a coach, you're not good enough as a cheater. You're not. And and I don't know when Michigan fans going to let it go. When, when are you going to say, hey, man, yep, we got caught. We got caught on paper. We got caught on video. We got caught all over the place. Oof. And, and I, I'm just telling you, man, this is not going to end well for you. And I think what we talked about about in-season discipline is spot on. I think that the NCAA is going to move quickly on this. Yeah. And again, if they've got him on record, I, I think that's a real problem. Run that down one more time. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the situation is, is that, is that Pete Thamel just tweeted that apparently there's record of this guy uh, who I'm not going to name uh, this staffer going out uh, and purchasing tickets to uh a bunch of different Big Ten opponents. I believe it was 13 or 14 or whatever the number was. And he also bought tickets to future college football playoff opponents. So you went and scouted potential opponents that you would likely see based off how the system works. We talk about that all day. So you went and scouted those teams that you were probably going to see and you still lost. And what bothers me so much and why I get turned up about this is because it would be one thing if you had won national championships and you were heading, like if you were Georgia or if you were in the position Georgia was in, back-to-back -back national champions, you know, Kirby Smart's a hell of a coach and everyone respects you. You know, you've beaten Nick Saban and put that beast to bed. If you were in that position, then I wouldn't look over here to my new iPhone 15 Pro Max and be like, yeah, wow, man, this is awful out of Michigan. At least then you would have won. But now I get to sit here and say, yeah, you didn't win a natty. You couldn't make it through the college football playoff round, the semifinal. And now you've been directly linked on video, on paper, and by your peers. And now we get pictures in-game of the sideline where your guy was at. So my issue is, is that Michigan just isn't good enough in the football department. So then my next point is, okay, so for the Michigan fan who wants to defend all this, why would Michigan die on the hill for a guy who can't even be successful cheating, right? Because if you're not cheating, you're not trying, as the old saying goes. You can't tell me that Saban and Kirby and all these other guys haven't done stuff like this, but the difference is, is they didn't get caught, and they're not the ones being tweeted about by Pete Thamel and the likes. Yeah, I, I don't know what you do about this now because there's no getting around this. Now that you have him at at college football playoff games, by having tickets to and – participants and because you guys understand what they're saying with it's that, over. right 
Like they're saying, hey, you you were so invested in this system you had going that you played the percentages about who you were probably going to see in the college football playoff. So at that point, you probably would have been narrowed down to two or three teams because it's not it's no longer some computer deciding. Mm. You have a pretty good idea. So you can't tell me they didn't scout TCU. You can't tell me you didn't scout Alabama and the Tennessee, rest of them. Tennessee. Alan, he is, he is, he was seen at Tennessee or bought seen to have bought tickets at Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. Come on, dude. Uh come on. This is it's over now. There is there is no more wondering. Um, it's over now. I I just don't see how you spin this anymore. When do we get the Jim Harbaugh has been suspended tweet? Because that that's coming. I'm telling you. Uh, I think and and again, just to kind of go back to what we reported today, what you see on the screen, our sources have told us the NCAA is exploring ways to uh, punish Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and I really should use the proper phraseology, excuse me, in take immediate action against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, uh, which is to say prevent them from postseason play and prevent them uh, from potentially creating an ethics and integrity issue with the college football playoff. Yeah. And I think you have no choice now. There, there were a lot of questions about, you know, hey, what do you do with this cat or how can you prove there's no more question about it now it, it it's no longer a matter of well hey this cat was just hanging out at football games no he wasn't and there would be no reason for him to have bought tickets to and sent people to those venues and those games unless you were trying to to get the signals for those teams yeah and I, i'm sorry it does not matter if you believe that everybody's doing this, it doesn't matter. They didn't get caught. You did. It doesn't matter if you think sign stealing is pervasive. If it's pervasive, I, I don't even disagree with that. Nobody else has gotten caught doing this. Yeah. And frankly, nobody is this stupid to do it in the open like this. To buy the tickets in your own name to the point where you are infamous across college football Tells you how flagrant this was. Yeah. This is, it is almost, I don't even, it's it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. You yeah. have got to suspend Jim Harbaugh now. You've got to take him out of the program now. You have got to, I think you have to make Michigan ineligible for postseason play. I don't, I don't you know have, what else would be fitting. You have enough evidence where you've met your burden of proof. And if you want to say, okay, we're going to take Jim Harbaugh off the field. I don't know why you would do that and not make them ineligible for postseason play. Cause taking it is suspending a head coach in the middle of a season is a, is a big, big move. And the, the question that I would have is what is Michigan going to do to protect themselves here? Because I think they have significant exposure in future years and in an expanded college football playoff, it would be almost unthinkable not to have Michigan as part of that on an annual basis. Yeah. And I think you have to take action to protect your university. And I would not be surprised if Jim either stepped away or they suspended him. Yeah. Something's got to have, you got to have an answer now if you're Michigan. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Bryce Martin, who's been a member of the show for six months. Let's go, Bryce. Let's go, Bryce. NCAA will slap Michigan on the wrist. I don't think so.
I don't think so. This is this is there's too much coming out. This now. is integrity of the game stuff, man, which I hesitate to say is worse than, you know, other things we've seen. But as far as business and, you know, TV partners and everything, you can't have you can't have integrity of the game issues. That's not going to stand. Yeah, I, I think you you this is not a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I think it, it this is going to this going to be a tough one for Michigan. I think they are going to take some lumps. James, for $5, you have to move to Texas. Well, I don't have to. I live in Waco or close to Waco. In 24, I'm three hours from the SEC, Big 12, and ACC games. This is football heaven and the good barbecue, too. Yeah, I'll, I, you're probably not going to catch me living in Texas anytime soon. Yeah. I've been there many, many, many times. I'm there several times a year, and it's hot. The humidity on time. its own is a complete no. Yeah. Bryce Martin also says the NCAA uh, will make their money and then take those trophies later. Yeah, I don't think so. Because I think they want – I think they're coming for Harbaugh. Yeah. The way he handled the – got to remember that the Committee on Infractions declined to suspend him for four games. They said Michigan negotiated a settlement. With a four-game suspension in the NCAA Committee on Infractions, said, "Yeah, that's not good enough. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna let this go. No, at all. I I just don't think that I don't think you can let it go. Yeah, how could you? Yeah. Uh, welcome to the nightmare. Who's been a member of the show for two months? Let's go. Welcome to the. Hey, you, you know, catch you. I'm trying to turn on the NBA for you, and this is what I get. This Thank is you. what I get. Uh, so much evidence and fractions against Coach Khakis, and it's mounting, and it's all becoming public. Yeah. It's all becoming and public. And what have you gotten for it, Michigan? What, like, what's the what what's the return on investment? Excuse me. Sorry, let me rephrase. What's the return on violation? Mm. That's mm. what I don't get. Yeah, and if you're just tuning in, uh, multiple sources now reporting um, that Michigan – this analyst um, purchased tickets to scout several games, including uh, schools outside of the Big Ten, Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. That according to Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Pete Thamel says there's a record of purchase for the SEC title game in 21 and 22. 12 of 13 Big Ten schools have records of this person buying tickets. Um, and he bought tickets to four different campuses uh, games of four college football contenders last year. That according to ESPN. It's just totally unacceptable. It's over. Um, it is over. And I, I this is going to be remarkable. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I think it's going to be awfully difficult to get away from it now. Yeah. And I think when you, when you look at these reactions and the sad thing is I want to play the Deion Sanders reaction again, because it, I'm curious, is this Dion being truthful or is this Dion being a politician? Everyone's trying to get an edge. I mean, everyone's trying to get whatever edge they can. Um, you could have someone's whole game plan. They could mail it to you. You still got to stop it. You still got to stop it. So in football, it's not as pronounced as baseball. If I know a curveball is coming, I'm, I'm, I got you. You know – with, with football, I don't give a darn if you know a sweep is coming. You still got to stop it physically. You it's a physical game. You got to stop it. So that that's a little tough. 
I don't buy into a lot of the stuff that someone's stealing this, stealing that. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. You still got to play the game. Do you agree? I mean, I agree. I, you still got to, you still got to make the play. Yeah. But it helps to know exactly what the play is going to be and exactly where the play is designed to go. Yeah. You know what I disagree with on Prime, and and you all know I'm a Prime guy. But I disagree with Prime on the idea that you still got to stop them because ultimately, what's the what are we talking about? Like, if you're a linebacker and you got to run out to the flat uh, to stop a run play, you know, halfback toss or a sweep or something out there. Well, if you know it's coming, you've got the step already on the back. Yeah. You're one step ahead. And so that one step ball, while we're talking about on the show, might not seem like a lot. One step or even half a step at, at a, a Michigan football level is a massive advantage. It's can you, a can huge you imagine advantage. one step on Marvin Harrison Jr.? Can you imagine one step on Xavier Worthy? Can you imagine one step on Bryce Young last year, CJ Stroud last Dude, year? Dude, imagine like, the leverage you would play with as a cornerback in one on one on Marvin Harrison Jr. if you knew exact the exact route he was going to run every time. What if you knew every signal TCU had? Oh, you couldn't anticipate them being in the college football playoffs, so there was no way to get them. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's really to me it. Yeah, I don't see I don't see how you let this go. Uh, Matt Ritson, did kid get ticket from StubHub or from Scalpers? <laughs> no, he clearly bought them online. Yeah, it clearly bought it online. And you can tell what they were thinking, which is why I'm very confident Jim was involved. Yeah, it speaks right to his thought process. Oh, well. If we just buy them in our name, nobody would ever think we're doing this, right? Because we're just going to games. We're not, we're, I mean, we're just football fans. I mean, why, you know, if we were going to do something like this, we'd hide it under like 10, 10 layers of fake IDs and stuff. Yeah. That's why they did it this way. They thought hiding in plain sight would get it done. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about ESPN and their Pat McAfee problem. This is now turning into a big, big deal. Um, exposés in the Washington Post. Uh, many front office sports, I think, had it. Um, many outlets are reporting what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, and that is that there is friction with Pat McAfee at ESPN. Um, reports say that ESPN staffers are upset with the lack of editorial control over Pat McAfee um, and that the Washington State comments damaged Pat McAfee with uh, in-house people at ESPN. Mm -hmm. um, and the the bigger the bigger thing here with Pat is that Pat isn't an employee at ESPN. You need to understand because this is really important. Pat McAfee is a license to which ESPN bought, which means Pat McAfee is licensing his name, image, and likeness to ESPN for what some are putting at fifty million dollars a year. They are paying Pat. What, what did you say today? It's it's somewhere on the order of seventeen million dollars yeah. just for the Pat McAfee. Just show. to license the Pat McAfee show is somewhere between fifteen and seventeen million dollars a year. So as part of that license, they don't have editorial control over the show. Um, to the extent that yeah, does Pat curse in hour one and two? They they really don't outside of the S word. But one of the major rubs at ESPN and one of the major frustrations is Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers will not go on ESPN outside of the Pat McAfee show mm -hmm. 
And staffers are really upset that Pat McAfee admitted on his show that he's paid Aaron Rodgers over a million dollars. And that ESPN is now facilitating that relationship, rubbed a lot of internal staffers the wrong way. And then you start looking at the way that he talked about Washington State. Rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Aaron Rodgers segment with the vaccines and the comments around them. ESPN employees are not allowed to talk about that stuff on ESPN. But Pat McAfee has free license to do so. So you can see where not being able to rein in Pat McAfee is a problem. The other frustration is amongst big name talents other big name talent uh, that he gets every ESPN staffer to appear on his show as part of his agreement. He gets Adam Schefter. He gets, you know, you name the personality. Yeah. And you see that oh, the Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky. Thank you. Uh, Dan Orlovsky appears every week on the Pat McAfee show. And part of their frustration is Woj does not appear on the Pat McAfee show because Sham Sharonia appears every week on the Pat McAfee show, which frustrates ESPN staffers. They, there's this a no-win situation for ESPN because he gets special treatment and he gets an incredible amount of money. And I just don't see how ESPN fixes this. Yeah, well, I think ESPN fixes it by figuring out how they would ever replace Pat McAfee's demographic that he brings because all the reporting is saying that ESPN is thrilled with the demo that Pat brings, 18 to 34, that he dominates that space, that they're, that he's done what he said he would do in terms of bringing that age group to view ESPN product. So Pat, in that sense, is doing his job. But I think the hard part for ESPN when we talk about doing something about it, this wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. We're watching the Toronto Maple Leafs-Washington Capitals game. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, who's the best player on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. What just appeared on the bottom of the screen? I don't know. I didn't see it. Austin Matthews will appear on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow morning at this time. Did it really? Yes. I mean, it is remarkable, and this is I, – I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I mean, if that – One of the guys I talked to at ESPN was telling me this is part of the frustration with the Pat McAfee show. They promote him on every single thing that they do. They promote the Pat McAfee show. And it's frustrating to certain ESPN talent that – Wow. That he is getting Austin Matthews promotion – on an NHL game. Yeah, well, think about what ESPN's done here. ESPN's basically said, okay, we don't have talent that brings in the demo we want, and we want to get younger. We know we need to get younger. So Pat McAfee, of course, is never going to become an employee again, because why would you? Just on premise alone if you're him. So what did ESPN do? Okay, we're going to sign you as a contractor, and we're not going to make you an employee. Uh, The agreement's going to stipulate, though, that we can put all of our talent on there, and we're basically just going to run through your show. That's what we're going to do with your show. And so ESPN's thought and logic clearly here is, hey, if we put Austin Matthews on on Pat McAfee's show tomorrow after he's had, before this game, two hat tricks in a row, we can then promote the Frozen Frenzy, which Pat talked about a gazillion times today on his show. 
which is a new basically NHL red zone model that they've rolled out where you can see all 32 teams in action, all the goals, on yada, ESPN yada, yada. Two on ESPN2. On ESPN2 with, with John Butchergrass. Exactly. And Butchergrass went on Pat's show uh, in a tank top. It was it was viral. So make no mistake about this. I hope people understand this. ESPN on the business side loves Pat McAfee because he brings them a certain thing that they prioritize at a high level. Yep. Pat McAfee likes Pat McAfee a lot. Yes. And Pat McAfee is difficult to work with in some ways. And and so it causes strife. So when we talk about what's ESPN going to do about it, well, if you want to be able to leverage Pat McAfee, how do you leverage someone that isn't an employee? Well, we're going to replace you in this way. But ESPN can't do that. So now ESPN is truly in a no-win situation. So ESPN is not going to go to Pat. And uh, uh, supposedly on his show today, he threatened ESPN. And talked about how there's traitors in his ranks. And that, I mean, it's already ugly. Yeah, he said he he said to the suits at ESPN who, who got the New York Post to write a, a damning article of me, your time will come. Yeah. And you don't do that. And that's why I say Pat McAfee does. So not don't skip the lead there, though. What did What did you say right there? That he went after the suits at ESPN. Because they had the New York Times write a negative negative article about him. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing games, man. And staffers at, at ESPN spoke openly to the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is a Vanity Fair article coming. And again, I think there was a front office sports piece. Like, this is ugly now. Yeah. And you're not going to get rid of Pat McAfee. You're not. You have a contract with him. It's $50 million a year. Now, there are some people who are fighting hard to not have him on game day next year. Sure. And he has talked about that as well. And I think there's an opportunity that he may not be on game day next year. But the Pat McAfee show is doing too well. It is bringing too many viewers. It is bringing too many big names. Look at all the quarterbacks they have on that show. Look at all the NFL players. Look at, look at Shams. Look at Schefter. Look at Dan. Look at, they've had Greeny on their Watt. show. J.J. Watts every week on their show. Nick Saban's every week on their show. But Nick Saban won't go on SportsCenter after games. No. Which pisses off SportsCenter. Yeah, and, and that's the trouble. It, 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 it's, as usual, a situation where Pat knows everybody, and most people like Pat who are in the sports world because he's a bro. He's a bro. He knows how to talk football. Uh, in my opinion, the Pat McAfee show completely exposed themselves with that Shams interview. Oh. They have no idea what they're talking about in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, no idea who certain players are. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, if you're ESPN, you're you're in a rock and a hard place. And I understand why staffers at ESPN are pissed about this. I totally get it. I understand it. You know, packets, packets, special treatment. And I do think that that ESPN overexposes Pat. I honestly, I'd have no problem with Austin Matthews going on Pat McAfee's show tomorrow if I didn't get slapped in the face 18 times a week with Pat McAfee. He's on and one of the other things that a guy at ESPN told me is there's frustration. Like if you go to any NFL article on ESPN, you're going to see a Pat McAfee video. Yeah. It's going to be tough to get away from. So what do you guys think are are you do you side with ESPN? Do you side with 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 Pat McAfee? Like, where do you guys come come down on this? 
Uh, James Oak State fan, Pat McAfee's show during the week is really good. I just don't want him on game day. Please bring back David Pollock. Well, there's some yeah, thought on that, too. I don't know. That's not going to happen, dude. Yep. Gary Wolf says Pat McAfee. It, oh, that was uh, Macaque. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Uh Salty drunk for two ninety nine Australian. Did you see that bucked ups in Melbourne? But I sent it to you on Instagram. Bucked ups in Melbourne. Yeah. Hi guys. Hope we're still mates. Why would we not? Oh, because she haven't sent us our forex gold, which is your new logo now. I don't really get it. Well. Probably yeah, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, we probably should not talk about you welching on your bets, sir. Jim Choi, more power to ESPN. McAfee brings down ESPN. Does he, though? Well, I think that what you can say definitively is Pat has had his fair share of bad articles in the short time he's been with ESPN. And I think what Pat doesn't understand is when you go to ESPN and you partner with them, because you shouldn't say he went there, he partnered with them as a yes. contractor. Dude, you got to understand that you got to come to the middle a little bit. I'm not saying he's got to change his whole show or like change the put the on whole, a shirt, jerk. Yeah, like he's no. never going to do that. But you can't look like a complete moron talking about the NBA and contract yeah, he, extensions. He, they had they had shams on today from Stadium, and they were trying to talk NBA, and they had no idea what they were talking about. And it it was it's part of the reason I think Woj doesn't like going on their show. Pat McAfee had never heard of Jaden McDaniels of the T Wolves. Didn't know how much money he made. Didn't know what he did. And it was uncomfortable. You could see Shams being like, "How do these guys not know who this is?" Yeah, Shams and was squirming. It was really awkward. Really, really awkward. And then they were all arguing amongst themselves and ignoring shit. Like it was just an awkward thing. Pat McAfee's thing. an ideal fit for ESPN Plus, not the mainstream network. And ESPN made a mistake with that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I we'll see. We'll see. I love his show. I watch, I try to watch every day, but certain people. I've watched every day for the last week, dude. Certain people are partial to uh, cow turd. No, not cow turds. <laughs> Screw cow turds. Screw that whole network. We we flip between we flip between Jim Rome and uh, Pat, and I will admit Jim Rome has been when he doesn't do stupid interviews anymore. And Jimmy, I love you. I used to work for Jim Rome. Love you, dude. But you too many writers, too many stupid interviews, yeah, too many dumb segments. And when he doesn't do that, his show's great. AAR, uh, well, who sees Mr. Pat McAfee ESPN TV numbers? I mean, their YouTube numbers are phenomenal. So I I have a hard time believing his TV numbers will be bad. Yeah. Vanity Fair, the bastion of sports journalism, Gumby says. <laughs> uh, Ron Nolan, I will be on campus for the Pat Mac show game day as well. Well, there's this too. Um the Mormon bombs that he has dropped on his show also are, are not comfortable for ESPN. And he continues to make, I'm not saying he's making fun of the Mormon community, the LDS community. He's not, but he just doesn't understand why it's uncomfortable. And Pat McAfee and game day are coming to Salt Lake city uh, for Oregon and Utah. Right. And he's going to do his show from Salt Lake on Friday. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out.
Yeah, I just think that Pat doesn't take it seriously enough. That's my biggest complaint. What, I, 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 like, which I, means what? what? What that means is is that you don't understand that when you're going to partner with a major network like ESPN, and, and hey, the FanDuel thing was cool. I have no issue with FanDuel. I, I, I thought that the Pat McAfee show on FanDuel was fine. I, you know, cool. But if you're going to take that step up and go to ESPN and partner ESPN. with them, you got to understand you're, you're in the major leagues now as far as TV networks are concerned with sports. And and so when I say, hey, you don't take it seriously enough, I'm not talking about a shirt, even though I hate that he wears a tank top. I'm talking about the fact that you think it's okay to drop Mormon jokes or that or that you think it's okay to make Sham squirm because you don't know what the hell you're talking about with the NBA. Or, you know, just these different details yeah. that matter. Like, like Pat McAfee's show is not a traditional sports talk show. They will say, okay, here's essentially their strategy is, oh, this thing happened. Let's just go around the room and tell me what you think about it. We're, but that doesn't mean that you got to have an educated take. That doesn't mean that it's got to be anything wild. Just tell me what you think about it, and then we'll bounce off each other for an hour. And then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. That's what they do. And do a big name guest. Yeah, and then do like, and, and it used to be one. Now it's like four. And and I, I grow tired of it. Now, again, I'll also say on the other side of the corn, I'm there for Saban every single week. You're there for Aaron Rodgers. Today. Every You're single week. Like those guys I'm Shams. there for. I'm there for. Yeah. I would Shams. love to have Shams on my show. Yes, every week. dude. I love Shams. Can, I mean, listen, I, I, I give Pat a lot of credit for what he's done. He's learning, though. He's young. He's naive. And yeah. I don't think he had any idea what he was getting into. Totally Kate, agree. Katie Raider. Wreck him. Pew, pew. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate your show. First round on me. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate you. Uh, hope life is good in Katie. Uh, Jim Choi, why shouldn't Pat get special privileges? The man uh, self-made his show, not these ESPN flunkies. There are no flunkies at ESPN, number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, I think that if you have editorial guidelines, you should follow them. And when you make a deal with a guy like Pat McAfee, if you're not going to force him to follow your guidelines, you need to tell people that. And I think part of the problem is that there was not a lot of communication about Pat McAfee before Pat McAfee happened. Right. And I think that pissed some people off. Yeah. Uh, Big Blue Horses. What's up, Big Blue? Uh, don't watch Pat, not my style. And perfectly. And there is that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the lie detector results are in, and Jim Harbaugh is not telling the truth. 100%, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, the reaction dude. to this Jim Harbaugh story, um, which, if you are just tuning into the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you get your 30 day trial membership. Um, it's 10 bucks, and I'm telling you, it's worth its weight in gold. The $10 is a charitable donation and tax write off, and you get access to their full system. When you sign up for that trial membership, you'll be trading in a matter of hours. You get the immediate hookup, they plug you in, you get a coach, you get a system, they hook you up right away because they want you learning to trade immediately because you need to learn the process. And it is. Once you're into it, you're never going to get out of it because it is gripping. It is absolutely gripping. It's fascinating. You're going to make money. Uh, their traders that do it full time as their as their entire gig are making a thousand dollars a day or more. I mean, it really it, and you can see it happening. You can see it happening, and I I'm completely enthralled with it. Seeing Mrs. Monty go through the TridayTrading.com program has been nothing short of amazing. Spend the ten bucks, you guys. You will not regret it. It will change your life and your perspective. Tridaytrading.com 
slash Monty. Get your $10 30-day membership. The very latest on Jim Harbaugh, if you're just getting out of the office, maybe you're just getting in the car, getting home, or finding the show. Uh, according to now multiple sources, Dan Wetzel, Ross Dellinger, uh, Pete Thamel, Michigan analyst Connor Stellians is his name. It's the first time we said it because now everybody is out at him. Um, is believed to have purchased tickets to scout several games, uh, and that's according to Pete Thamel. Ross Dellinger has the games as Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia, who last year and the year before were likely college football playoff participants. There is records of purchases in Stallion's name uh, to the SEC title game in 21 and 22. 12 of 13 Big Ten schools have records of him purchasing tickets. And he bought tickets to four different campus games of the four college football playoff contenders last year. It's tough to get away from this now. Uh, this is all breaking within the last hour. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh is in real, real trouble here. Uh, our sources um, this afternoon had told us that the NCAA is exploring options for immediate action against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh because there is a belief that Jim is going to quit uh, after this season and go back to the NFL, which would make it impossible for the NCAA to uh, truly put sanctions on him. And based on the way he treated the process for the COVID dark period, I think they are looking to put sanctions on Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And I was told today that nothing is off the table. Uh, uh, a significant length of show cause um, immediate suspension, um, a postseason ban uh, in this season, um, taking effect in immediate effect for Michigan. Like it, there's nothing that they are not trying to figure out. The NCAA is serious, and they don't have a lot of a lot of heat outside of discipline. But boy, they absolutely bring the heat when it comes to discipline. And I think Jim Harbaugh has massive exposure here. Yeah, completely I think, agree. I think Michigan has massive exposure here. I don't know how you get away from this now. Uh, if you're Jim Harbaugh, I think you are in you're in real trouble. Hey, Tom, good to see you, man. Uh, you guys think infractions take place this year? They usually uh they usually slow AF. Uh yeah, I think I think the NCAA knows that Jim is going to quit after this year, and I think that's why they're so adamant. Well, and it's integrity of the game. You can't have Michigan go to the college football playoff and then have everybody and their mom wondering if they stole signs for this game. That's right. You can't have that. So, that's right. So at a minimum, they're not playing in the college football playoff, in my opinion. They won't be eligible or whatever, whatever the verbiage will be. Uh, and then as far as Jim is concerned, I, I would think it would be this year just because everybody knows he's going to the league, but, but we'll see. We shall see. Uh, welcome to the whoa, whoa comment dump. This all could be backfire against the NCAA and make Michigan go us against the world attitude. Uh, I there's no backfire. Yeah, how's it going to backfire how's if they're not eligible backfire? to play in the game, dude? Yeah, I don't know how it would backfire, but hey, you know, Gumby Fresh Out says, "Will Captain Khakis get sanctioned by the UN as well?" I believe he will. Lie detector test determined that was a lie. It's an international incident. Yeah, uh, Joseph Harper. You know he ain't buying all those tickets on his salary without getting recruit from somebody. Well, and I think that's what most people now recognize is that the NCAA has a mountain's worth of evidence. 
they are now, I, I would think almost certainly tying it together financially. Yeah. Where are the expense reports, which they can get from Michigan? The other thing I think a lot of people don't understand, Michigan doesn't have a choice. They have to cooperate. Yeah. The in, at the institution level, they have to cooperate. Go back to Reggie Bush, Pete Carroll, and USC. Pete Carroll left. What sanctions did he face at SC? None. SC faced significant sanctions. Reggie Bush faced significant sanctions. Yep. They're not going to let Jim Harbaugh escape to the NFL. And I think if he does... If they don't get him now, I think Michigan is going to get kicked in the nuts, and I think Jim Harbaugh is going to have probably a five-year show cause. Yeah. Because it's going to be tough to get away from this. Very tough to get away from this. Uh, welcome to the nightmare. UM and Coach Khakis will try and scapegoat scallions, but hopefully the NCAA will take down the whole program. Yeah, I think they're not going to scapegoat him because the evidence won't lead to him. Yeah, he's just doing what he was told to do. He's an instrument. Yeah. He is an instrument. He's Absolutely. not a fall guy. Tanner Plummer, I don't see Jim surviving this. I think it will be hard for the football world to forgive him. He may be out of football altogether. It's going to be tough for him to get an NFL job next year. And I think that there are a lot of high-profile gigs that could be open. The Browns, the Packers, the Bears. The Chargers. The Chargers, certainly. Can you see the Chicago Bears? Can you see the Green Bay Packers? I can't. I cannot. I, I couldn't even imagine it. No, I could not. Uh, Gary Wolf, Harbaugh is in some real sheep dip. Yes, he is. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Tone, they must have a lot of hard evidence. Otherwise, it should be slander and libel. And you would not. But I think that shows you the urgency. Yes. That go Forget what we've heard the last two days. Go back to when this came out. The NCAA notified the Big Ten, who notified Michigan, and all of Michigan's future opponents what when have we ever seen that the ncaa has taken some unprecedented actions in disciplining jim harbaugh talking about him the committee on infractions when have they ever talked about any case ever yeah never until jim harbaugh well that's unacceptable we're going to punish him after the season when have they ever talked about that never like this is Never. Whew, this is going to be interesting. Gonzalez, show cause for Michigan could use this as a way out. I, I think if you are Michigan, the only way you save yourself is to suspend Jim, Jim Harbaugh pending the outcome of this investigation. Yeah. And you take yourself out of postseason consideration. That, in my opinion, would save Michigan. Anything short of those two moves, Michigan's going to get hammered. AAR, Michigan Wolverines are going to fight until the end, currently undefeated. Hmm. Uh, Gumby says comment S. Okay. I don't get that. Jeff Woodworth. What's the big, uh, tens teams exposing themselves so much. What's with the big 10? I don't know what that means. Well, he's talking about the fact that the big 10 has had so many scandals over oh the years. God. I mean, it's, they think they're bulletproof and they're not. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. I don't know. This is not the backdraft movie. Are you sure? Jim Choi, the NCAA president, is a politician, and he is going to get the call from his buddies on behalf of the media companies. Harbaugh could get suspended, but team is playing on this season. No, nah, mm. no. Nah. I don't think the media. I, I don't think the media companies have a dog in the fight, other than hey, Michigan brings ratings. But if you, if your, if your outcomes are tarnished, that's not good for your advertising dollars. Yeah. What are we playing for? Yeah. 
Mike Smith, he is using his military intelligence background to fund these nefarious actions. We'll see. We shall see. Katie Rader, Monty, but is that fair to the Michigan kids? Not their fault. Hey, hey man. You knew who you were playing for, dude. Fruit of the poisonous tree. And I think, I think, I can't remember who said it. Somebody in the media this week said, the kids know what's going on. Yes. The players are well aware. Because do you you just think they don't know they're in the right place in the right time? Come on now. Did anybody notice in the video today that was released C.J. Stroud last year against Michigan? C.J. Stroud in the shotgun calling out plays. Then they do what they often do. The C.J. and the backs and the receivers look at the sideline who send in a play, hold up signs. What did all the Michigan players do? Put their hands up. What is that universally signaling? It's a passing play. So not only did they know what was going on, they too knew the signs. Yeah. They too knew the plays. The the players don't get a free pass. You are fruit of the poisonous tree, friends. And is it unfortunate? Yeah, absolutely. Did you ask for a cheating scandal? Absolutely not. Did you get one? You did. It is what it is. You did. Is Harbaugh getting NAL money from Dockers for wearing those khakis? No idea. Uh, AAR, maybe the NIL people were paying that assistant. Could be booster money. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. But again, the issue is what credit card did he use? Got to believe he paid for it personally, but have to think he filed expense reports. Yeah. Where, where's that? Who's paying him? Yeah, he makes 55 a year. You're not paying for all those on your own, man. Yeah. Um, just following orders, sir. Indeed you are. Uh, salty drunk. This must be a massive story. Oh, it's a huge, it is the story of college football. Yeah. It is a massive, massive scandal. As is the, the fricking Lakers piping me on prize picks right now. What? Prize picks. I have Austin Reeves, 14 and a half points. I, I need him to score 14 and a half points. Only the first quarter. They're currently down 29-20. And Austin Reeves, that jerk, has two points. Okay, 12 to go. You're an a-hole. Um, Rui Hachimara, my guy, right? Rui, I mean, is Rui, my, my best ho. friend. 13 and a half. I need 14 points out of Rui. Uh, he's got nothing. Mm. Rui's got zero points, um, and he shot an air ball on a three. Um, jerk. What a jerk. So I'm getting piped. Michael Porter's coming through, though. Yeah. I got Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike. I got Mike. Yeah. At, at uh, 19, he's currently got five yeah. in nine minutes. Thanks, Mike. At least somebody, Thank you. At least somebody gives a damn. I also have Anthony Edwards uh, tomorrow with Jordan Poole. Uh, that's in one of my plays. I got Austin Reeves at 10 and a half on a discount. Nah, bro. Prize picks, the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty show. Download the app right now at prizepicks.com or follow the link in the description below. Uh, get a hundred percent deposit matching. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell just got sent to the fifth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let me go ahead and lay this up. Watson said no, sir. Rejected. Lakers already suck.
Okay. Uh, you get 100% deposit matching at prizepicks.com when you use the promo code Monty or follow the link in the description below. Um, real quick, let's let's do some... Uh, well, James from Australia, mate, is here. Uh, let's do some NBA. What is, in your opinion, the best and the worst team in the NBA? Because the betting favorites are out, thanks to our friends at FanDuel. And in the West, you've got the Phoenix Suns plus 270 to win the whole damn thing. Duh. You have got the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Victor's the, the way. The Portland Trailblazers. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I don't know. Portland Trailblazers uh-huh. and the Utah Jazz are all plus 25,000. <clears> Timberwolves are, uh, or excuse me, the Rockets are plus 18,000. Plus 2,900 for the Thunder, Pelicans, Kings, and T-Wolves. Mavs are 13. Clippers are 12. Grizz are 1,000. And then Golden State and the Lakers are 750. Nugs are, and Suns are plus 270. Best team in the West is who? The Suns. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Better right? than the Nuggies. Yeah. Yep. I think okay. the Suns have the firepower to keep up with the Nuggets. Worst team in the West. I think Portland's going to be there. I, I think it's the Rockets until it's not. I think Portland's got good talent. Scoots lived up to it. I think they'll be fine. Well, I mean, they do have uh, Dominating. Wow. Wow. If DeAndre Ayton could catch the ball, he might have lived up to dominate. Yeah, well, he's got brick hands. So. Um, Suns, Nuggets, or Bucks and Celtics. And I would also mention, look at the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell. Everyone thinks he's leaving. Plus 750. Stay hard. Sixers, 1,000. Heat, 11. Look at the Nick Knickerbockers. 16 hundo. They've really got the Knicks. Below the Knicks, it falls off to 49 at the Raptors. Yeah. The Celtics and Bucks are by far the favorites, but the Knicks are six at 1,600. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. You heard it here last. The Knicks are going to win the Eastern Conference Championship. I think this is... <laughs> Come on. Are you, are you done? Come on, guy. Are you done? Okay, so you, I'm assuming you think they're going to make the Joel Embiid trade. You guys, I hope you understand. Look at me. The level of restraint that I show on a daily basis. Like not, my skin is curling. Not punching certain people in the face. I don't really understand what you're saying. I said the New York Knicks are going to win the Eastern Conference. <laughs> going out on a rim, man. You know. Dude, what are you talking about? Going man? out what are you on talking a limb, about, bro? The Knicks are going to do what needs to be done so that they are the best team in the East. Jimmy Dolan's going to die of a massive stroke in yeah. center court. He rolled up to the sphere and, uh, you know, got yeah. a little uh, messed up and yeah. stuff. That you tooed him. Oh, um, I'm telling you, the Knicks are winning the East. Yeah. And I, I I I feel good about it. Salty drunk, a little too early to be drinking, Monty. Knicks, really? Well, you know, I would he be. Can't. I I he would. Can't, though. If That's I had four X summer, I'd be just pounding back. Bruce. My bad. But you haven't sent them, so I I can't. Uh, Tanner Plummer, Knicks winning the East is Monty turning into Stephen A. Yeah, it is ridiculous. That'd be like saying. 
Donovan McNabb's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Stupid. Yeah, what, yeah. what are you what talking was I about, thinking? Dude? Idiot. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out, drinking orange juice, you know. Yeah. Vodka. No, I yeah. mean water. Yeah. It's water. I think I've hit it every time. It's, it's, it's uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what water is. I know what water ice is. Yeah, it's water oh. ice. Uh, I think the Knicks are winning the East. I think, I think. Okay, why do you think the Knicks are winning Because the I think Leon Rose is going to make deals and RJ Barrett's not going to be a Nick by the time the trade. I agree. He's going to move RJ finally. And it's going to be a package of players that includes RJ. But the question is, is he going to go after Joel or is it going to be another, another like wing guard kind of guy? I think it's going to be a wing guard kind of guy. Yeah. And I think there, I think there is, if, if you look at, you look at the West and you look at the teams that need to make a move in, in the West. I think it's awfully hard to overlook the fact that there's going to be a lot of talent available. And I think that when you look at teams like Memphis, it's going to have to deal. You look at a team like Dallas, they're going to have to deal. The Clippers are going to have to deal. Yeah, Leon Rose is going to have opportunities to send R.J. Barrett out West. And I could see an R.J. Barrett deal where he ends up in Utah. And other guys like Jordan Clarkson end up other places, including New York. Yeah. You got to get better off the bench there. Well, we know that we know that the Jazz and Knicks have had extensive talks, obviously. And I think Mitchell Robinson has to be an upgrade. Yeah. The question is, how good are you at your core right now? If you're the New York Knicks and and I'm being serious, if you're the New York Knicks, how good is your core right now? Because obviously... You have you have spent some bread on this team. Yeah, it's not win the East good. I can tell you that. I, I think not that right you're, now. It's not. No, it's not. But I, Brun- I th- Brunson, Julius Randle, those are two guys you can build on. The problem is is a Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson's not good enough. Yeah, he's not a championship caliber player, right? But if you look at Josh Hart, Josh Hart's great, but but you need you need a lightning bolt mm-hmm. off the bench. DiVincenzo doesn't give you that. I think Emmanuel quickly could give you that. But what is it going to cost you to move R.J. Barrett's contract? What is it going to cost you to ship out a guy like Mitchell Robinson? Uh, last year, you were a 47-win team, right? 47-35, and 35, that was good for fifth in the East. Yep. Right? That kept you out of the play-in. You know, you played a series. Okay, great. But now, I mean, I would expect the Knicks... I don't expect them to win the East. I do expect Leon to make moves, and I do expect them to be third in the East this year because that would mean that they're able to beat Philly and they're able to beat Cleveland. Because I think Philadelphia with this James Harden situation, how are they not facing massive exposure on the the court because you're being a blockhead and not trading James Harden? Yeah. And there's no other way to rationalize that James Harden... If there is a right and wrong here, I would tell you that the Philadelphia 76ers and I'm not trying to call guys out, but you're not a good general manager. Yeah. You you you're making a huge mistake here. You've got to trade James Harden. You should have traded James Harden already. And I think look, Maury is a guy that I get it. He is he is convicted in his ways and but have you ever built a, a championship caliber team? No. You haven't. And you're not building one now. And no. by, by not trading James Harden, you are risking Joel Embiid. 
because Joe's not going to ask for a trade in the season. But next summer, you really think you can count on him to be committed to Philly? No. Hell no. No. And it's because Daryl Morey will not trade James Harden. And he's asking for two first-round picks, and I think it's absolutely wild that you think James Harden's worth two first-round picks. Yeah. He's not. And you have a team in the Clippers that want him. You have multiple teams in the West that will facilitate it. Make a deal. Yeah. I I don't know why he's being so stubborn about it. I I mean, clearly there's big-time pettiness and pride here in this one. And I... I Learn, have you learned nothing from Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers? Like, you, you have a very small window in this league. Like, I look at the East and where the Sixers are. I don't think that the, the Celtics, I think, are the best team in the East. Right. The, the Drew Holiday trade, I think, puts them in a very good spot. Look how much basketball everybody in Milwaukee's played. And I think you are vastly vastly under valuing, underestimating the physical ability of Chris Middleton to come back and be the guy you think he can be. Because right. I don't think he's ever going to be the same player. Yeah, well, and I think the question is, is Dame going to be healthy? I, I mean, it's all cool, fine and dandy. You signed him but or traded for him. But you, you, you if he's hurt, it doesn't matter. He has not been healthy. Yeah. But how much of that was, we're not playing for anything, I'm going to rest my body. Yeah, and that could have been, and that could have been, and he's been a guy that's played through injury before, but but this is his chance to win a championship. And so the question's going to be, who's a better player now? Drew Holiday or Damian Lillard? And who's a better player in those games? Because we can sit here and we can debate season stats and per-game averages, and we can do all that, and that's fine. But the reality is, when it's game five, game six, who's going to show out? Because Drew Holiday has shown out plenty and there is very little depth at point guard behind Damian Lillard you you have to remember that campaign is your backup point guard and if Chris Middleton's not healthy and you wind up leaning on Jay Crowder again you're going to be in for an awfully long season and my my hope is that Giannis Antetokounmpo does not get hurt but the miles on those tires man that's a lot dude it is a lot of games played. So I don't have a lot of confidence in, in Milwaukee, but I, I look at the middle of this conference and I, and I, I think the week, the weakness is in four down in the East. I mean, when, it, when I look at, I think, I mean, if you just go off of last year's results, Milwaukee, Boston, I don't have Cleveland quite as high as everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I need to see it, but I think you get down to Cleveland and Philly. I need to know what the Knicks want to do. And this roster is not going to win a championship, but I also look at Brooklyn. They're better, but is Atlanta is, is Miami still an elite team? They yeah. were not. They One of the misconceptions, don't forget who the Miami heat were last year. They were a, a playing tournament caliber team. Like you're you're looking at a Miami Heat team that I mean very, very nearly wound up in the play-in. So they were a bottom of the Eastern Conference team. Right. I don't think they're better. 
I don't. I don't think Toronto is better. I think the Bulls are very, very apathetic. Yeah. Zach Levine's available if you want him. DeMar's available. And again, the Knicks have options. That's a trade you should absolutely make. Because I'm a diehard Bulls fan, man, and they would take R.J. Barrett. They Oh, he went to Duke. Let's trade for him. <laughs> we don't have a... No, don't... No. Anyway, my point is, I think that there this conference is one major trade away from the balance of power shifting. And I just need to see Jalen and Jason doing it in a, in a big game situation. Yeah. And I need to see the Bucs stay healthy. Yeah, well, I think that's why Drew Holiday being there is such a big deal. Because now you truly have that bona fide point guard that's going to bring the ball up for you every time and you can run offense. And you can get those guys in the matchups that they really like and you can put the defense in the positions you want to put them in instead of them dictating you, which I think will make a huge difference. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I just have a lot of questions about what you can do and how you how you view what wins you championships. Yeah. I'm a big believer that you need 20 guys on your roster to win a championship. And you have to have that pipeline to the NBA G League. You have to have young talent that you control contractually so you can control their cost mm -hmm. who can give you some minutes. And you have to – how does Milwaukee replace a guy like Grayson Allen? How, how, like you you traded your depth for Damian Lillard and it's really I'm really worried about Giannis and Chris Middleton's health that's my that's my biggest thing so yeah no I, I and you're right for that I think Milwaukee's got a ton of miles on it I think you know the Boston Celtics are proven to be able to get to the finals but not win and I think we have no idea what the rest of the conference is going to look like because I think the east is going to be tradeville all the way up to the deadline. I agree. Uh, Salty Drunk says, Lakers will go deep again. Roster depth is important. It's incredibly important. Yeah. You know, that's why Josh Giddy sucks, and he's never going to be an all-star. Bro, what? Uh, dude. Oh, I'm, wait. Don't no, do that, dude. Bad. Don't do it. Don't don't piss him off. James Knight, for those of you who don't know, is a huge Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And I said I'd rather have Austin Reeves instead of Josh Gizzy, Giddy, and he lost his mind over it. Did you say Josh Glizzy? Glizzy. I mean, the ladies do talk. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks have taken a one nothing lead. God damn it. Yeah, you had Corbin Carroll, though. I did have Corbin Carroll in my 36-player uh, prize pick <laughs> rotation. Um, I have Ranger Suarez. Hey, Ranger. For three or more. For I need four strikeouts. That's probably not going to happen. And I have Corbin Carroll for a hit, uh, RBI, or a run. I need him to have two of those. He had a hit, and he just scored a run, so that should cash. Mm -hmm. But I need Ranger to strike some MFers out here. He's got one, I think. He's got one. He does. Um, let's see. Tanner said, the funny thing is, Ron, I never said Don Oh, stop. See, you can't joke with Tanner. That's the problem. Everything is literal, and I never said that. And... Okay, yeah, just don't take yourself so seriously, man. <coughs> seriously. <coughs> Big Daddy Magic says Jazz win 33 games. Whoa, whoa, dude. You're alive? Big Daddy Magic says Victor's the Jazz the way. are going to win 33 games. 
Um, I think the Jazz are – I'm a little surprised the Jazz didn't make a trade. They had several they could have made. But I also think the James Harden trade is holding certain people up. And I think that the Jazz will be one of the busiest teams at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I The problem for the Jazz is you just – you have a, a slap together right now. And I think when you, you when you two strikeouts inning over, thank you. Come back out for the second loser. Uh <laughs> one nothing. One nothing Arizona over Philly going to the bottom of the first. Uh yeah, I mean, Jordan, if I had to guess who would start, I would think Jordan Clarkson, Talon Horton Tucker, Laurie Markinen, John Collins, and Walker Kessler. But after that, you just have a sludge of oddities. How many guards are on this team? Chris Dunn, who you just guaranteed his deal. Mm-hmm. Ochai, Colin Sexton, Keontae George, um, Simone Fontecchio. Ta- how many minutes does Taylor Hendricks get? Um, what do you do with Colin Sexton? Because you got to develop Keontae George as much as you can possibly develop him. Yeah. Having him be third all year is probably not going to work. You have an oddly built roster. And you need to make you need this team needs to go find its superstar for the next five years. That's what we're waiting for. And you haven't found him yet. Salty drunk, do your best, Josh Giddy. Hate money. I won't take the bait. I don't hate Josh Giddy. That's the problem. That's exactly the problem. Um, real Wade Nation gaming clips. Blazers go 0 and 40. The problem is they play 82 games. Um <laughs> That's the untrained eyes. You know. You know, just slight math issue there, sir. Dude, it's we're like 17 minutes over. Yeah, I know, dude. That's two days in a row. Big Daddy Magic. I think that Jazz have a bright future ahead, but they have to go against Victor Dynasty. Victor's here. the way. He made it one show with Big Daddy Magic. Damn. Oh. Uh, and it might make the Jazz is the greatest professional sports team to never win a championship. Could be. Um, Monty, breaking news in the Michigan s- scandal. Are you sure expedition? What? What? Dude, what? I can't believe it. Are you what? Wait a minute. Whoa. We, it's, it's, but, it's like we didn't just talk about that like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> we, we, we covered it. I appreciate you saying that. Expedition. I love you, bro. Gumby fresh out breaking news. News has broken. <laughs> as my as wow my, as my old friend pat mac i mean kyle gunther used to say we're spraining news on the mm. show uh they're talking about the fact that connor stallions stallion uh the michigan analyst right. is now um linked to ticket purchases involving schools outside the big 10 Ross Dellinger is reporting those schools are Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. Tennessee. Pete Thamel says uh, there's records of purchases at the SEC title game in 2021 and 2022. Twelve of the 13 Big Ten schools have recorded him buying tickets. It's over. You're done. You're done. Checkmate. Turn yeah. yourself in slick. Yeah, jerkweed. Uh, it's, I think you're in real trouble at Michigan. Yeah. You truly are in trouble. Uh, last comment of the night, uh, hairline fracturing news. That's right. Um, you know, you know, the Monty show is presented by our good friends uh, at Sound Sleep Medical, soundsleepmedical.com. You guys go get your free sleep study. Snoring doesn't have to be part of your life. 
Sleep apnea doesn't have to be part of your life, friends. They have a solution. It's not a CPAP machine. It's a custom fit mouthpiece that pulls your jaw forward so that you can breathe again. Bring your wife back into your bed. Build your your relationship. Be intimate with your wife again. Maybe she's the one that snores. Fix the problem instead of just putting it off because you're embarrassed. It's a non-invasive home sleep study. Go hit it. Soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Until tomorrow. That's all I got. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Thank <laughs> you.